are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it! Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, head. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. How you like me now? Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Hump day, Wednesday. Lots going on. We just heard Taylor's update. Lots going on with Jalen Carter, that's for sure. Another beautiful day. Uh, we are about, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, this is the first day of March, and February was the exact same weather-wise. Hopefully it just doesn't stop. This is March! Yeah, it's uh, it's March Madness time. It's players coming up. There's uh, news coming out of the PGA Tour that we'll definitely get to coming up in just a bit. We say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton as they bring you today's show. And we're just two weeks away from the launch of the 9 After 5 at the Golf Club of Southampton. And I know all my dudes and all the gals that come out and play, they are all fired up and ready for a little 9 After 5 to crank back up at the Golf Club of Southampton. But as we open up our show today, uh, this Jalen Carter news is heavy duty. And, And, Leon, you're talking about a guy that is set to go number one in the draft, a massive human being that can move interior part of that defensive front we know he's how good he is on the football field but now he is facing what could be some serious charges well i mean today is a sad day for and not for jalen carter it's a sad day for the people that lost their loved ones mm-hmm. because this is unfortunate uh a lot of these athletes unfortunately they think they're bulletproof they think they're above the law things happen and immature actions like this calls to tragedy so you know jalen carter more than likely is going to find him a top rate uh, attorney, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's not going to affect this draft status or not, because we're a very forgiving society. This is going to go away probably in a couple of months, and everybody's going to look at his ability on the football field, despite what he caused in tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, in Athens. So um, it's unfortunate for the families that lost them, their loved ones, and uh, Jelly Carter has got to answer. And I know Georgia's doing whatever they've done over the last couple of months to kind of protect Jalen Carter because this thing happened January the 15th and we're already in March and nobody said anything. Nobody knew a snip about it until yesterday. So that yeah. means Georgia has some profound way to keep this under wraps. And this comes after And it the, comes out right before the right Half before hour the before yeah. he's scheduled yes, to absolutely. speak. That's the part, Leon, that just – it bugs me. This is about the yeah. victims, obviously. But why does it come out a half hour before Jalen Carter is scheduled to speak? Yeah. Now, Matt, That's the question. Yeah, you're on the phone with with Griff, Mike yep. Griffith, from from Dog Nation. Dog Nation. And Later we're going to get him. Constitution. We're going to get him on. Yeah. Get some idea of what's going on. Griff. Good yeah, morning. Not, good afternoon. Actually. Yeah. Let's on the go ahead. Fair and phone line. Yeah. First and foremost. Now. Yeah. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the Accident Attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Griff, good afternoon. Appreciate the time. I know you're swamped and you're working this story. What do we What do we know right now as of noon on Wednesday? Well, I'm at the Combine right now, Matt. I was actually set up to, to try to interview Jalen at 1030. He was supposed to go in front of the cameras. And about an hour before then, uh, the news broke that there was a warrant out for his arrest. Uh, as it related to racing and reckless driving charges the night of the tragic accident that killed uh, recruiting staffer and Devin Willick, offensive lineman at Georgia. So, uh, you know, that, that was shocking news, obviously. Um, 
you know, there had been rumors or whispers that, that maybe there was racing involved when the Ford Expedition crashed uh, the, the early morning hours, the day after George had gotten all the players back together for uh, what turned out to be, uh, um, gosh, I don't know, a, a championship celebration. They'd, yeah. they'd gotten back for a parade and, and quite frankly, it, it, it kind of went wrong the whole time. You know, the, the parade, the players weren't as engaged. Destin Bennett in particular, um, his speech was, was very uh, divisive. Um, almost seemed like an angry guy uh, that, that nobody believed in him. I, I, the right. narrative had been sold that hard. Uh, and then what followed apparently was a, a night of uh, on the town. A lot of players, um, of course, the AJC reported some video evidence of players leaving the strip club uh, after hours, 2.30 a.m., and uh, including those that were in the expedition uh, that crashed some 15 minutes later, a few miles away as they were on their way to the Waffle House. And now you find that uh, Jalen Carter in the uh, Jeep Trailhawk uh, machinery capable of going 0 to 60 in three seconds, topping out at 180 miles an hour, was uh, now charged with two misdemeanors, of racing and reckless driving uh, evidence from the police that the expedition reached 104 miles an hour and uh, an impact the speedometer broken at over 80 miles an hour as it hit a brick building. So just tragic, horrifying um, details, um, you know, a lot of shock, obviously, and, and the timing of it, you know, here, the NFL right. draft, the first day of interviews and Jalen Carter goes from, you know, a day that, that he's worked hard for and looked forward to his entire life. Uh, and he's not even able to appear for his interviews because of this. Uh, now, what they said here uh, was, was he was taking his, you know, doing his medicals. You know, to me, this is where we need to drop these, um, these ridiculous fronts. Look, just say he's not coming here because there's a warrant off for his arrest. Right. Can the crap. Right, Don't yeah. tell us he's doing medical testing, okay? The NFL doesn't have to get in on the cover-up. Let's just stop it. Um, this is the kind of – really makes me want to use another word worse than that. Bull, right, pucky, yes, as you yes, guys know. Yes, right, th right. Th this is what got us here in the first place. The last, people are going, oh, this is terrible. This is report is coming out. Well, this incident occurred uh, over a month ago. There's been plenty of time for people to come forward and be, transferred about, and be transparent about what happened. Um, including Georgia. And that's, that's kind of my next question is, is yeah. so, so Griff, he left the scene of the crime, came back two hours later. Okay. It's hard to imagine that the Athens Clark central police department did not contact the university and say, Hey, your guy, your best player on your team is involved in some way well, or another, one way or another in this accident. <laughs> and then the next day and the days after the university and the team, they mourn the loss of the two individuals and nothing is said about Carter to me that's a little odd well I don't think it's unusual um you know we, we see what's happening in Tuscaloosa right now with with, with Brandon Miller and listen I, I, I can't trace all this back to the the evils of the NIL um but let's face it um you know young people have access to adult toys um they have feelings of um, you know, power uh, because of the way they're treated. Um, a hero's parade just hours earlier. 
um, feelings of invincibility. I remember those feelings of invincibility. Matt, you still have those feelings of invincibility, by the way. Every time I see you, got to remind you, you know, Matt, one of these days you will die like everyone else. <laughs> but but when you're when you're young, truthfully, we Never. all recall that you got this, you know, and this is just, and you're putting a kid in a car that goes 180. I mean, I want to know what agent or what person thinks it's a good idea for a kid who's on the brink of a contract that could ultimately be worth tens of millions of dollars. Let's give him a car that goes 180 miles an hour and zero to 60 in three seconds. Like, who thought that was a good idea? Not, not, that, not that the car's at fault here, not that the guns are at fault. I'm not one of those people that blames the guns or the cars. But m- my point is um, you're given a lot of responsibility to young people earlier in life than, than probably ever, through the largely and partially at least through the NIL. The other thing, too, Mike Griffith from the AJC joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line, is that Griff, Warren McClendon, Brunswick High School graduate, was in the car that crashed that Devin Willick obviously passed away in. And so, and Chandler LaCroix as well, the UGA staffer. And Warren did meet with the media at the Senior Bowl. He actually wore Devin's number. So it's not like there hasn't been media availability with people that were involved in the situation. And so Warren will also be at the combine this week. And so I'm curious in the conversations he's had with the media, why did nothing come out then? Number two, now this kind of puts him and those other Georgia players at the combine this week in an uncomfortable situation. Well, let me say this about Warren McClendon. Not only was he at the combine, Mia, but he, he actually took part. I mean, this guy's playing football less than three weeks from being in a vehicle that hit a brick wall at 80 miles an hour. I, I just, the fact that he was there, the fact that he was participating in drill work, the fact that he chose to spoke, speak with the media. And think about this. Warren McClendon was the first Georgia football program member to publicly speak about this. Publicly. Not, not, I'm not talking about some statement that's being issued. I'm talking about standing like a grown man in front of a camera and answering questions. Right, not Kirby Smart, not right. any of these other people involved. Right. Warren McClendon at the Senior Bowl uh, in February, two weeks after it, was the first man to stand in front of a camera and talk about this. Uh, because Warren McClendon has a dream, and and that's why he showed up at the Senior Bowl. That's why he practiced less than three weeks after being in the front seat uh, of a vehicle that hit a brick wall at more than 80 miles an hour if, if the, the broken pedometer is uh, evidence of that. Um, and he will be here. And, and, you know, I don't know what the agents will instruct the Georgia football players to say or not say, anyone that's associated with it. Um, Warren told us at the Senior Bowl that, that he, he blacked out. Um, and I, I, I have no reason not to believe him. Um, why? Because he stood up and, and met the people face to face. And when people do that, there's a different level of um, believability, right? I, I, I'm just not one of these people that reads a statement and goes, oh, okay, that takes care of everything. You know, Matt, I, you and I have been in the business long enough. And I'm sure, you know, everyone on, on this call, um, you know, I have great respect for what you guys do at that radio station. It's fantastic, by the way. You guys know I'm a fan of it. I listen to it even when I'm not on. A fanboy here. But uh, <laughs> we, we know how the game is played. Right. And, and it, the games need to stop being played because people are losing their lives. Now, Mike, explain to me how a team like Georgia under Kirby Smart could be so tough, so physical, so disciplined on the field, 
but off the field can be reckless, childless, immature. Uh, how do, how does that happen? I mean, is this a, directly at Kirby Smart's feet that, that no. you, you've got these instances going on uh, year after year? No, I mean, you know, let, let's take a look around the league. Let's look around the NFL. Let's look around the NBA. Let's look around Major League Baseball. I mean, these these, these are accidents and incidents that happen at all level of uh, professional sports, um, professional entertainers, uh, you know, people who have the means, uh, you know, to put themselves in, you know, unfortunate uh, situations. Um, I don't know that it's directly reflective of the program per se, because you're right. Between the lines, there's a lot of discipline. Between the lines, there's a lot of toughness and, and team accountability. Uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, it, and again, I'm, I'm not blaming the, the parade, right? I'm not blaming the parade. But I think that when you bring people back together for a day of celebration, uh, one, one more time, let's go out on the town. One more, I just, you know, part of me looking back, you go, you know, when teams win the championship in past years, that, that's it. You know, you know they're, they're done. They're, they're all at the airport. They're going to training. They're going to their family. And that's, that's it. That's the end. You know, maybe they'll come back for a football game next year and be recognized. Uh, but a, a second parade, a second ceremony, uh, you know, I, again, I'm putting the pieces together. I'm thinking out loud. I'm talking out loud, learning all this evidence, just as all of you are today. And, and I don't know that I'm looking to place blame so much as I'm looking for factors to answer your question. How does this happen? Right. But then you, you kind of go back and you, you, you kind of reconstruct things. I mean, um, the leaders on this team. Right. Stetson Bennett, I mean, arrested for public intoxication. I mean, who the hell does that leading up to the draft? Yeah. A guy that needs a, a better combine and, and better intangibles than anybody. You know, he's a, this is a team cat. This is the leader. Jamon Dumas Johnson, the middle line. He, he got arrested a week ago. It turned out he was drag racing on January 10th, according to the police report. Five days before the incident. And Griff, you know, they, and Griff, not to cut you off, but can we also address, I mean, there were reports last April of Georgia football players in another car accident. Yeah. Trayvon yeah. Walker. Yeah. Trayvon yeah. Walker yeah. being yeah. one of those yeah. players. Well, I mean, you know, to me that was, now I'm going to I'm gonna differentiate um, on that one. And I, again, I'm not going to pardon it, but I, I, on the circumstances of the accident that I was aware of was a, a guy that was a designated driver that was involved in an accident. I don't, I don't b- believe there was any racing involved, but, but to your point, yeah. I mean, we can all just, you know, shake our fists at the clouds and say bad things happen after midnight. Uh, it's not going to change, um, you know, behaviors, unfortunately. But the, to me, the, the, the galling thing, the disappointing thing is the lack of accountability, um, public and team accountability. This, if, if there's an area where Kirby Smart uh, needs to put a priority or reemphasize, it's the accountability to the program. It's the accountability to the brand, the, re- the, the realization that you represent something bigger that makes you second guess or think twice yeah. uh, before you act uh, a certain way. Le- Leon, you're a pro. I mean, at some point, NFL, the NFL players, they realize, hey, I can't, I can't just go out and be a you know, because I, I represent something bigger. This is my brand. This is well, my personal brand. I can't have an off night. Leon, what did you say to us in the pre-show? You you celebrated by just celebrating the championship the, the proper way. In a limo. Yeah. 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 
I mean, I, I mean, listen, I, I won a championship in Miami, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't look to go car racing against somebody, that, you know, reckless driving against somebody. So I mean, and you know, most of these athletes think that they're bulletproof that nothing can happen to them until it happens to them, and then it's too late. Yeah, and Griff, I, I want to get to the one thing because totally appreciate your time at Mike Griffith thirty two. You can read his stuff uh, at Dog Nation and. The accountability, I like. I I do think that Kirby Smart. You know, you can build the wall around the program and you can limit access, but that can pave the way for you know maybe covering up some things. And the idea that they're mourning the loss, the deaths, and not letting people know what really happened that that could be a big problem for Kirby. Well, I think you know. I think obviously, you know, Kirby's going to have to. As I said, he's going to have to reemphasize some some. And priorities. I, I think the thing that we probably need to take away from this is that this is probably bigger than just Georgia. Mm-hmm. I, again, I, I think about what's happening in Tuscaloosa right now and how that investigation went and the lack of transparency there. And that, you know, whether the player should have or shouldn't have been uh, suspended there, um, there was a certain level of, I guess the word would be tone deaf. Yeah. Right. And, and But I don't think this is isolated to just Georgia or just Alabama. I think this is kind of, you know, College-wide, and, and I'm not saying that obviously we haven't seen levels of this tragedy at, at every school, but there is a general lack of transparency. There is a trade-off um, for practices being closed and coaches not being available and players not being allowed to talk to anybody. There, there is a trade-off for uh, millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars or cars that can go zero to 60 in three seconds being given to players now and because they have the right to it. And there are certain uh, checks and balances that need to be in place. Um, you know, if we're, if we're moving forward with the end, which we are, college sports has a lot of catching up to do, right? There's a lot of unintended consequences to things that are happening, whether it's the lack of uh, transparency in programs, the power that college football coaches have, um, you know, the power that, you know, that, um, you know, athletic directors have. And I think that these are some eye-opening events and, to me, this is where the media, as you all are doing right now, as we are doing, uh, AJC and Dog Nation, um, this is where you have to hold programs accountable. There's yeah. a certain faction of the fan base, the cancel culture, that wants to attack media entities and reporters for doing their jobs and in investigating. Yeah. And those people right now need to, excuse my language, but shut the hell up and understand why these universities and powerful figures need to be held accountable because they won't be transparent otherwise as we're discovering. Yeah, I'm glad you're saying it because the AJC did report, and I'm looking at the story, you know, the exp- expedition that LaCroix was driving rented by the university, and they told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that she was unauthorized to be driving that. That could be a nightmarish situation for the university. For the yeah, that's been out, yeah that, that, they, they made a public statement on that, and obviously the facts are coming out slowly. But, um, yeah, well, there's other questions, right? You know, this is going to lead into the questions about, um, you know, the recruiting staffers and should they be fraternizing with the players and, and uh, you know, how much autonomy should the football program, you know, have, you know, with, with these sort of things. I mean, this is, again, as college sports grow, um, you know, there needs to be checks and balances in place because with every step forward, there's going to be some unintended consequences and, and, and risks involved. And this is where the decision makers and the NCAA leadership, uh, quite frankly, has failed uh, over the last three or four years. I think that's pretty well documented without naming any names. I think we know right now that the NCAA is not a strongest, strong enough leadership group uh, to properly 
manage collegiate sports at its growth right now. And so university presidents, uh, athletic directors, now more than ever, um, you know, need to be able to hold their programs and their coaches accountable uh, rather than the other way around. I mean, the coaches need to be working for the school, not the other way around. And, and again, I think, you know, there's a lot of directions this can go. Uh, there's a lot of fingers that can be pointed. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're seeing, um, you know, lives lost and, um, you know, kids' dreams. Um, you know, today, you know, Jalen Carter, um, you know, this, this was supposed to be the beginning of his NFL dream today. Yeah. He was supposed to meet with the NFL uh, teams and media and begin the process to become uh, the number one overall draft pick. And instead, um, there's a warrant out for his arrest in Georgia. And that's, you know, that the system has failed terribly. Um, obviously, there's a level of personal accountability, but uh, just a lot of disappointment right now. And as you guys have brought up today, a lot of questions that need to be asked and answers that need to be given. Accountability is the word I will undermine for the day. Griff, fantastic, man. We really appreciate it. I know you're swamped. Get back to reporting it. Uh, we all look forward to reading your stuff at Dog Nation uh, with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. So, Thanks, so he, here's the key, right? And this is, going to be, this is going to be the question, whether Georgia fans out there like it or not. They're going to get his phone, and they're going to see who he called once he left the scene and returned two hours later, okay? If he called someone at Georgia, the coach, an assistant coach, the athletic director, whoever, and they knew. And this is not being. And they let this go, and they mourned for weeks without even mentioning Jalen Carter's involvement. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, it, it's, it, 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 it just underscores the, the reality of they're in a protection business as well as a development business. There's no doubt about it they are. Um, and, and it's, we've seen it in Tuscaloosa, like, like oh, Riff yeah. said, yeah. you know, and it, it's unfortunate. Okay. You know, young guys make mistakes. Yeah. I get all of that. But when you make a mistake, man, you can, I, I and we were talking about this pre-meeting. I, I did dumb stuff when I was 20 years old, 21 years totally. old. Yeah. There's no chance in hell I'm walking away from an accident. Yeah. No mm-hmm. chance. Okay. But he did. And he left two hours and here's the key. Did he return two hours later after he sobered up? thereby limiting his potential involvement right. legally yeah. in the accident. Yes. Yeah. And, and here's the other part. Kirby, Kirby Smart issues a statement after all this comes out, as you would imagine, uh, but it says the charges today are deeply concerning, especially as we struggle to cope with the devastating loss of two beloved members of our community. We will continue to cooperate fully with the authorities while supporting these families and assessing what we can learn from this horrible tragedy. Now, that is something you would expect, but this is the first statement. Like you said, Matt, this is nothing has been said from, if, from the inside. Let me tell you something. If anyone here, anyone listening, anyone thinks that the Athens Clark County Police Department did not call someone at Georgia when they, after Jalen Carter lied to them, after he came back and lied to them, then told the truth. If they think they called no one on that team, no one associated with that team, they're out of their minds. They're living right. in la-la land, okay? So, yeah. so I want to go to, and I know we have to hit our first break, but I, I want to go back to why is this coming out today? Who is behind why it came out today? Because it seems pretty convenient, and again, it's a slap in the face well, to the actually, victims of yeah. this. Yeah, it is. It's that terrible. all of a sudden, a half hour before... Jalen Carter is scheduled to meet with the media at the NFL Combine. Now we hear about his potential involvement I'll, and what potentially could have caused this yeah, wreck. Yeah, I almost feel like someone well, said— Well, because an arrest warrant was issued. Yeah, yeah. That's right, why. right, but yeah. why was it issued 
today. Yeah. All right. That's so a let, cop let's get, question. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get into all that coming up. And and you know, you guys can text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure six four one ten ten. Uh Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday, but heavy duty stuff. Back to back weeks. Brandon Miller, everything that took place with Darius Miles a week ago in Tuscaloosa, now Jalen Carter, uh the number one pick thought to be. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. First day of player interviews at the NFL Scouting Combine has turned a bit dramatic. In case you're just joining us, Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter, the presumed number one overall pick if a team does not, in fact, trade up for a quarterback with the Chicago Bears at number one overall, has been charged with two and correct me if I'm wrong, Matt Hayes, it is two misdemeanor charges stemming from a deadly car accident in Athens yesterday. Our thanks to Mike Griffith of the AJC for joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line in the previous segment as we dive into exactly what has transpired over the past month and a half, but perhaps even worse, Matt, the past eight-plus years of Kirby Smart's reign in Athens now coming into question with regards to some of the off-the-field transgressions. Well, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if you can... Combine all of those. I will say this. I will certainly combine these two. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going on the assumption, okay, and I know you, sometimes you can't assume because right. it makes an ass out of you and me. Um, there's no chance in hell the Athens-Clark County Police Department did not, did not contact someone within that Georgia department that's and a tell, fair them, assumption. tell yeah. them, by the way, Jalen Carter's part of this, okay? Seven days ago, Jamon Dumas-Johnson, who's a consensus All-American middle linebacker at Georgia, was arrested for the exact same thing as Jalen Carter. And how many days before? So the, it was seven It was seven days ago, 39 days after the accident. Right. Seven uh, days ago. I'm just trying to exact look Exact charges, so reckless yeah. driving and racing. But I, I'm, I'm just trying to look at the actual date of the event. I thought that was on January 10th. I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, January 10th, one day after. Okay, so here's, here's so how you're going to put this together. It was the morning after, yes. So and it, was, it was like 6.34 in the afternoon um, was when – uh, no, the, the, the actual accident was literally hours after the celebration. Right. Was, okay. So, yeah. uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that so that is hours after the celebration. Then they have the parade, and then this is two <clears> days after that. No, no, this is 39 days after yeah. after the after the actual accident. This the, is literally seven days ago. This happened. The, Jamon Dumas Johnson. I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. January yeah, 10th literally, for one. Literally seven days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so the question then becomes is. Georgia knows what happened. He gets in the same accident, and we've heard nothing from Kirby about this. Not accident, excuse me. Mm-hmm. The same charges, and we heard nothing from Kirby about this. And to Leon's point was, Leon, what did you say? Uh, uh, in, you know, in the break, during the break, what should he do? Cut him. Cut him. You got you to gotta sink it. So there needs to be some repercussion. I mean, listen, the only way you're going to get across to players is I always say take it with their time and their money. Right. All right, and if they, in order to cancel this culture of what they've been doing over the last racing cars or whatever, somebody big got to fall. Mm-hmm. Somebody in that in that realm in that locker room. I don't care if he's consensus all. And this dude's big. I don't care how big he is. He has to fall because that sends shockwaves through the locker room. That okay, no one. We, we're not going to be doing this kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. If he can cut, oh boy! And I know he's got the portal. He can go somewhere else. Right. I don't care. But he's got to send a message, a direct message to his team. This not would not be tolerated, and I know you say, "Oh boy, it's because this is all American." And what I would do if I was a coach, I wouldn't care how big it was because this seems to be trending, and now people are dying from it. I wouldn't care how big it was. 
because this seems to be trending and now people are dying from it, mm-hmm. I will cut them. I will say, yeah. hey, listen, bro, you got to go. You got to go. I don't care where you go. You got to go when this nonsense you gotta, has to end. Yeah, yeah, you got to go when this nonsense has to end. And the part Leon was saying is that they lived in a, a fair amount of fear of their head coach, <clears throat> that there would be consequences to actions. If you did something, you were going to have to answer for it. And now I don't think there's that fear of consequence nearly as much as it might have been back. Well, this is, this is what happens when you win big. Yeah. When you win back-to-back national titles, you're, you you're bulletproof. Stuff yeah. Up. You yeah. start to think you're bulletproof. Mm-hmm. You know, and Griff made a joke with me talking about how I don't think I'm ever going to die, but the reality is you've got young guys who are put on a pedestal, right, who mm-hmm. have won back-to-back national championships, who are getting a ton of NIL money, who are being called the greatest team ever in college football history and could win a, you know, three straight for the first time since the 1940s. Yeah. They're bulletproof right now. Yeah. They're driving around in Athens. They're going around to clubs in Athens. They're mm-hmm. bulletproof. Yeah. And and so uh, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And again, I don't know how high you can go, but the university, if they have one of those vehicles that was theirs, and then the, and, and it's the whole thing with a recruiting staff member fraternizing with a either a recruit or a player that also brings a lot of other problems into this discussion. And and it's like I asked Griff. You put walls around a program because you don't want access. You don't know allow access. You don't. Not, want them that's to... not why you put walls around a program. Yeah, yeah. You put walls around a program because you don't know. You don't want what's going on inside yeah. getting out. Yeah, exactly. So you can protect the narrative. Yes. And, and but here's the problem: protect the narrative was I don't want anyone to see my ball plays. That's how it started out. I don't want anyone to see my right. ball plays. I don't want to have. Uh, any assistant coach or any player talk when they want to. I'm going to decide when they talk. And and we can go back to the herbs of the world, the first guys that were too uh, successful enough to – He was the ins- master at it. Yeah, yeah. To, to insulate the program from the rest of the outside world. We don't have to show you anything, Matt. You're writing about college football, but guess what? You're only going to be able to see us on Saturday. Oh, wait a minute. We'll make a scrimmage or two available to you, but that's it. And so you were controlling the narrative when it came to football – then it became I can control the narrative for anything and everything. Well, then it's that's how you that's how you get to the point where you hide thirty arrests in six years. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know how you hide a guy shooting a gun out a window yeah. from his dorm room. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's how you get away with a player texting his girlfriend "time to die, bitch," mm-hmm. and then he plays two weeks later in a big game against Georgia. Yeah, because once you're at the point where you're winning and you're winning big. Fans don't care about this stuff. Mm-hmm. All they care about is W's. You can look at our text line right now. Some guys on here telling me and Leon, you guys would have left too. No, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, you, I would not have left my friend who's dying in a car. Right. And yeah, we There's also know. plenty of folks who are suggesting, uh, would you take Jalen Carter at 24 now? Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of gives you some perspective, and I've seen it on Twitter too, of where our society is at. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Jalen Carter's got some legal issues right now. Well, way beyond reckless driving and racing, if you know, if there's if stuff starts to connect here, he he might have some serious issues he's dealing with. Well, if you're looking at the the, the legal enormity of it, is that uh, it depends on how you couch it. But manslaughter? Did you race that caused someone to die? Did you do anything like that? Why did and, you leave? You avoided yeah, the t- right. you avoided a blood alcohol test. Leaving the scene of an accident and and again, that's not that. he's not going to get thrown in jail for that. But right. it's clearly it was strategic. He's avoiding it. Yes, that's the bigger thing that it was strategic, and that is and where... he's probably not going to get thrown in jail for that either. But it's those things add up. Excuse me, Mia. Those no, things good. add up 
to where right. if you're a franchise, you're saying, I don't want that dude in my locker room. Yeah. That's a guy yeah. that makes poor choices. I mean, he's also going to have to deal with the families that were wrong for death. Yeah. Yeah, that on, could happen. Civil that could happen, absolutely. Civil, Civil courts were wrong for death. Yeah. So whatever he, wherever team he goes or whatever money he's made, those families are going to be sitting there. They're they going to want a chunk of that money. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but they were also racing. No, they were. They, they were. They were. But if, they, if the, other, their, the family's attorney can, can prove that maybe he caused right. them to crash and die, right. then that, they, that's another narrative. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and we have learned over the years just because you're participating in something doesn't mean you can't sue the other person for participating in something. You know? The, the other thing, too. <laughs> There's a lot of legal power out there. The other thing, too. Sorry to cut you off, Joe. Um, the other thing, too, is, and the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures has pointed this out. Todd McShay's report about there are character questions for Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. I would think it's separate of this. But now he might have. Uh, it goes back to. But now, but 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 that's the other part of it. What if it's not separate of this? What if Todd McShay did know about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it could have been one of those deals where, trust me, something is going to come out, and it had to do with you know X, uh, and I, that's all I can give you. And so then McShay says, I can't, I can't put light on the actual thing, but I'm going to tell at least report that there are questions of, of character. That easily could be a possibility. It goes back to your original question: Why is this the timing? Well, they may have said, you know what, we've concluded our investigation and we know that he's going up there to be paraded around. Uh, And don't think for a moment that the police department doesn't think about timing, just like anybody else, uh, as far as when something's going to come out. Now, this is right before the combine. Go back to Laramie Tunzel, which was a family issue, but a family member or (laughs) ex-family member decided to put something out, just happened to show him looking like Badger from Breaking Bad you know, pulling as much through that gas mask bong as he possibly could. Well, Tunsil tumbled from potentially the number one pick. He only fell 11 spots. Now, that was just smoking pot, but that was an angry ex-member of the family that said, I'll make you pay, and that's what can happen yeah. in a heartbeat. Who was it? Uh, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Didn't he tumble in the draft and projected yeah. a top five pick? Yeah. What was that? He stumped out? That was a lot. I mean, they some girl was yeah, beating yeah, yeah, up his yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he but hit the girl, which is wrong. Which is wrong. And they Clearly. filmed it. Yeah, yeah. they got on film. And yeah, he tumbled down the, yeah. down the drive as well. And, and, and heck, it took him forever to, to get to a point where mm-hmm. he could go to another uh, school to play. And that was controversy. It was all get out. Mississippi State takes him. Uh, and, and heck, one of the other things that caused problems for him is he ended up getting a knee injury right there uh, mm-hmm. around draft time. And he came back from that, too. So. It, it, so it was it was Trayvon and who else last summer? Well, or last it, spring. It was, there were, here, yeah, it was, here, it was in April. It was yeah, right here, before here's the draft. The, April, right, April of 22. So the nuts and bolts of it was that, and this is the part, okay, is that Walker was driving and he crashed into two parked cars. Crashed into two parked cars and did not sustain any injuries. The other part of it is no citations were issued in connection with the event. Um, and so when you think about those types of things, then you start to say, well, wait a minute. Uh, are certain things happening up there? And, and now for Trayvon's part in this, he's been squeaky clean since he arrived two in Two parked cars at what time? Uh, are we talking nighttime? He yeah, was real nighttime. tired. Let's see if I've got the details of this oh. one. Um, one of several former Bulldogs. Let's see here if I can get the date. Let me see if I can find the time of it. Um, that, that, that's basically what you're talking about, is if there was uh, – it took that's, a while for that, that piece takes, of news that takes to come effort out. right there. To hit two parked cars? Yeah, mm-hmm. two. Yeah, that's effort. You know, that's bumping yeah. off of one and then, and then getting stopped the by the other. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you not know? just doing that, you know, stone cold sober, I would think, yeah. unless you're on your cell phone, yeah. which yeah. also is not a great look. Right. Mm-hmm. Could happen. Easily could happen. 
All right, so if you've got thoughts, you can hit the text line designed by Lime Type Enclosures. We're going to go up to Indianapolis, say hello to uh, the embedded and shredded uh, Hayes Carline as we get his take, you know, as far as what's going on up there. Uh, because Brandon's show was up there yesterday. We'll be back up there again broadcasting live today. In lighter news, folks, Bryce Young has arrived at the Combine. And I'm not sure who this offensive line or tight end. Oh, no, it is. It's the Alabama tight end. What's his name again, Matt? The Alabama tight end? Yeah. Isn't there a tight end from Alabama? Oh, Latu. Yeah, Latu. So this is Latu walking next to Bryce Young, a video courtesy of Andrew Groover of NFL Network. Latu's a big boy, too. Right. Latu's a big boy. But does that man look 200 pounds to you? Uh, I mean, Latu's probably about 6'5", 250. Yeah, but any big man that's going to make uh, the point is, is I'm does trying Bryce, to make a small I'm trying man to help my small. boy Bryce out. Does Bryce yeah. Young look little to <laughs> yeah, you guys? Just, Leon, yeah, exactly. does he look little to you there? Yeah, yeah he does. It's going to make a small like man walk, look small. He's walking to preschool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the man's a magician. Yeah, all right, is. y'all can say he's hey, he's, hey, listen, you want. he's, he's the best player in college football last <laughs> yeah, year. He was. There's no question about it. And honestly, for what it's worth, I will say this: if he gets behind a good offensive line, he could continue to be a magician for all we know in the National Football League, even though we've seen Kyler Murray, another quarterback whose height was so questioned through the same exact NFL draft process. It's, it, 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 it's I, worth noting that if if he gets behind a Laramie Tunsil, yeah. if he gets behind what used to be the Colts' offensive line, yeah, maybe he does have success. The way I've always looked at it is that he might be really, really good on Sundays because of how good he's been on Saturdays. But it's just a matter of time. It's the wear and tear and the beating that that guy takes. That's the they are making a long term investment that's got to pay off. Now, yeah. another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the Accident Attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. All right, let's say hello to our man, the embedded and shredded Hayes Carline, up in Indy uh, NFL Combine coverage uh, afternoons on the Francis Show. What up, Hayes? What is up? How are you all today? Right, we're doing great, man. We're doing great, but we are definitely reacting to the news of Jalen Carter. Uh, we had Mike Griffith on from Dog Nation. He definitely detailed a lot of things, but in, in the circles that you're among right now, what are you hearing? Because I would think there's a little bit of a shockwave moving through uh, Indy with this news. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was surreal here for about 25 minutes. Uh, Jalen Carter was supposed to meet with media at 1030, uh, and uh, it, about probably 30, 40 minutes before that, the, uh, the news came out, and uh, the combine basically stopped. Uh, the group that was supposed to come in at 10, uh, led by uh, Clemson defensive tackle Brian Breezy, uh, they didn't come. And so there was about a 25-minute delay. Uh, I think officials wanted to brief those players on what was going on uh, and, and give them an idea of, look, you don't need to answer any of these questions, but they're probably going to be coming. Uh, and, and, and they did. Gervon Dexter was in the group that came uh, the, in, in the Jalen Carter group, and obviously Jalen Carter didn't speak here, uh, and, and he was asked a couple of questions about Jalen Carter, and, and obviously was like, I'm, just, you know, I'm here to talk about me, which is what he should say. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely was uh, – the timing of it was made for a very peculiar uh, hour or so here at the Combine, and, and now obviously we'll see how – this story continues to progress and, and how it affects his draft status, uh, if, if it does. Hayes Carlion joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line. Our 2023 NFL Combine coverage is brought to you by Window World, Hodges Mazda, and Tire Outlet. Now, Hayes, you did get the chance to speak with several other pass rushers this morning. You noted a couple of them had to answer the uncomfortable questions about Jalen Carter. But give us a sense about some of the other 
potential Jaguars targets that you met with this morning? Yeah, I was really impressed with George's Nolan Smith. I think he's got a chance uh, to be there at 24. Really enjoyed uh, listening to him. Uh, he went for a good 20, 25 minutes. He was the first guy to the podium in his group, and I think the last one to leave. And uh, just a very impressive young man uh, and, and somebody that I think, uh, again, could be there at 24. Uh, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame I thought was really impressive. Auburn's uh, Derek Hall, you know, I, I, I came away thinking, you know, maybe there's a chance there. We uh, were talking to Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl uh, a couple weeks ago, and he pointed out, uh, that he thought Hall could be uh, a Jaguars priority at 24, uh, kind of giving us a little bit of, a, of an outlier there. Uh, Will Anderson was fantastic. Uh, he told some great stories about Mac Jones and, you know, and talked about Bryce Young and, and his confidence in him despite his size. Uh, so it, I was really impressed. The, the, the players that I thought didn't uh, do a great job taking advantage of the opportunity, Brenton Cox, the Florida outside linebacker uh, came across as, I'd say, gruff and dismissive when asked about uh, you know, not being able to finish the season with Florida. Um, his answer was basically, well, that's, I'm not going to answer for another man's decision. I mean, that's, I'd say that's a pretty disappointing answer considering he's had three months to get ready for that question. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, that Brenton Cox came across overly well. It'd be interesting to see if there's any buzz from team interviews uh, about Brenton Cox. Uh, who obviously isn't going to be, uh, you know, probably a, a, a certainly not a first day selection, and, and maybe not even a, a day two selection. Uh, Lucas Van Ness out of uh, Iowa, big, powerful, really impressive frame. Ty, Van Ness and to me, Texas Tech's Tyree Jackson were the most impressive frames uh, that I saw today. And uh, so yeah, it was a uh, it was a really good group. I thought Gervon Dexter looked good. He almost looks like a mini. Calais Campbell a little bit um and uh just obviously that tremendous height but really has filled out has added some girth and uh I, I thought he came across really well today so Gervon Dexter could be a player I wouldn't be surprised if he tests well if you start to hear buzz about maybe Gervon Dexter being more of a possibility in the first 31 pick now Hayes I know that the quarterbacks don't throw into this weekend but does AR getting any, any buzz right now as far as as they await for him to run and throw come this weekend. Yeah, Leon, he's the uh, he's the talk of the town. I mean, he's the he's the most polarizing prospect here because everybody knows Bryce Young can play. It's just a question of the size. With Richardson, there really is two camps. There's the camp of he's got these amazing physical traits, and that's going to translate. And and you know he's got to get in the right environment. But if he's if he's well coached and he's developed that uh, he's got superstar potential. There's the other camp that is he's not ready for this, and uh, it's going to be hard for a team to take him in the first half of the first round and then sit him for a year, which is what he needs. And and so, uh, I mean, I, I can't think – he might be the most polarizing prospect we've had in in any draft in three or four years because it just – the I mean, it, it there's, there's no in-between. No one thinks Anthony Richardson's going to have a – seven or eight year NFL career with some success uh, and, and, you know, and some failures, it's either he's going to be out of the league in two years or he's going to be an all pro. That's, that's incredible. That, that from, from one end of the spectrum to the other, and it's not even, there's no in between there, right? There's no like, well, he may last six or seven years, but it's just, it's going to be literally boom or bust. All right, real quick. Cornerbacks. Have you seen Jerry Porter? Because, that's Joey, Joey, Porter. Joey Porter, excuse me, Joey Porter. 
Porter. Yeah, don't Joey say Porter Jerry Jr. Porter Joey around Porter. here. That's, that's Joey a Porter bad Jr. Word. And and if you have, tell these guys how long he is and, and how good he would look on the outside. Yeah. So today is the the edge guys and the uh, and the defensive linemen and the linebackers. So I am looking forward to seeing Joey Porter tomorrow. Jerry Porter. Uh, that will be the the day for defensive backs. So when we talk tomorrow. I will be able to give you a full report on how he looks, but uh, but I'm excited to see him. And you know, look, I I think Edge Rush at 24 is is I think they've got to take a really serious look at that, depending on who's available and corner. I mean, to me, those are the those are the two. And uh, so I would not be at all surprised if whoever the Jaguars take at 24 either was here today or will be here tomorrow. And we will have boots on the ground, those all-important days with both of those position groups meeting with the media and on-field testing beginning tomorrow for those defensive linemen and edge rushers. Hayes, we appreciate it as always. And, of course, you can follow Hayes along on Twitter and at 1010XL where we'll, we will be resharing his stuff, Lauren's stuff, and oh, so much more. Well, I, what I took away on this one is that Hayes has been viewing impressive frames. So I will not forget that. Are you starting a new biography, Hayes? Are you? Going, I, you know, that's a, a great book? question, Mia. I haven't. No one has, has captured my imagination here yet to, uh, you know, to, to get me kind of working on that. But we'll see. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe as we get uh, get a couple months down the road and and we see who the Jaguars take at twenty four, it might might be time for a new buy. I will say this: I love seeing a uh, a poster of our guy Trayvon. As I'm walking into the uh, convention center today, they've got uh, you know combine posters up all over town, and uh, it was cool to see uh, Trayvon Walker's poster up. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, you know I'm always ready. I'm always ready. There's always the the next biography, uh, and I'm looking forward to to finding out who that will be. Now Hayes, before you leave the combine, I'm gonna need a short shuttle. A recording of you. <laughs> all right, I need you to run one short shuttle yeah. so yeah. we can compare notes. Well, there will be there will be no time, uh, Leon, because both my Achilles tendons oh. will be at the back of my kneecap by the time I'm done with that throw. Hayes, we appreciate uh, it. We're excited for the Frangie show a little bit later. Let the folks know uh, who might you guys be speaking with this fine afternoon. Yeah, we've had a uh, we've had a really fun uh, time. Greg Cosell just joined us to uh, break down the Jaguars with his uh, excellent analysis. We had a lot of fun with Jolie. Uh, Molinaro, the uh, Twitter sensation, uh, the comedian who does such a great job with the impressions. So you're, you guys are going to love that interview. Frank kind of takes him through uh, some of his characters, and uh, it, it's a hilarious interview. So uh, we've got that. We've got Matt Taylor, the play-by-play voice of the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, many of our Jaguar friends as well, like Pete Frisco, John Osher. So, yeah, we should have an outstanding franchise show later. All right, bro, man. Thanks. We appreciate it. All right, thank you, guys. Hey, Caroline. Fair and fair phone line. And by the way, that Joey Molinaro interview is now live on our TikTok and yeah. our Instagram yeah, he's pages, a Twitter and Facebook forthcoming. You're going to want to go check it out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely crazy. All right, so let, let's head into the 1 o'clock hour because you still got so much coming out of the combine. We mentioned Joey Porter and a handful of other ones. He mentioned uh, your Iowa guy. Let's just at least touch on a few of those that, that are that are coming up. Yeah, we've got a couple of folks on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010, who are sounding off about those defensive line prospects. This one is courtesy of 3767. This is for Matt. Who would you take at 24 if you had to choose between Bre- – is it Brzee? Brzee. Brzee. If you had to choose between Brzee or Van Ness, who has suddenly Brzee. gained fire. Brzee. 
Can't ask Mia. She'll be a homer and pick Van Ness because he played for Iowa. Sorry, Mia. Mm. For what it's worth, I think the Lucas Van Ness conversation is actually a good one mm. because it brings into question something Coach Campo has brought up on the program. I had my friends, a bunch of them texting me this morning about it. Will the Jags play a 3-4 or a 4-3 next year? That's coming up next on XL Primetime. A message needs to be sent. Need to send something. Entitlement is the death of well, every major program that has like a I, I, I totally agree with you. It's mm-hmm. always the death of it every yeah. time. So before we segue to some of the other defensive line prospects and outside linebackers, pass rushers, edge rushers that met with the media this morning, I do want to ask, Jalen Carter was not among those that met with reporters. Do mm-hmm. you all anticipate him going on the field tomorrow for on-field workouts? Will he be on the no field way. for testing? No way. No way. His his attorney and his agents they won't they won't let him do that. I mean, the next time you probably see Jalen Carter or maybe talk to Jalen Carter outside of his legal issues, it's probably his pro day. Mm-hmm. Probably have his pro day, and I'm sure on this pro day he's not going to address the matter because his attorney is going to say don't say anything. He's going to come there, he's going to work out, he's not going to say anything, and we're going to see what happens. Is he going to drop? Is he going to stay the same? Depends. And I tend to agree with you because how does something go away uh, by uh, those? Time is his friend. Yeah, and, and by those people not talking about yep. it, letting mm-hmm. time pass like you're saying, and little by little, it'll be forgotten. And by the way, it'll be forgotten more and more with every draft pick that comes up uh, mm-hmm. Thursday night when we get to the draft. Jalen Carter, we've now gone 11 picks. He's not been selected yet. You know general mm-hmm. manager, owner, head coach, whomever it is at that <clears throat> point's having a discussion going, do you think we ought to do it now? Do you think we need to do it now? And someone will do it. Yeah, yeah, someone's going to do it. It's too much of a talent, but he will. I, I think he will tumble. Mm-hmm. There's no. First of all, the NFL won't allow. I don't care what you say. NFL won't allow with these charges or these implications. But he will not be the number one pick overall right. because number one pick overall is a reflection of the shield in general. Yeah. So that is gone. Yeah. Trust me, that's gone. He would not be the number one pick overall. But he will tumble, and some organization will take a chance on him. You know he he's going to be he's going to amend all his mm-hmm. his his troubles and then he's going to he's going to say I'm going to be a good good a good boy scout and uh, with that, that that kind of talent somebody's going to want him on this team. All right, so let's take a look at some of the other defensive line prospects that met with reporters this morning. Obviously, Jalen Carter is at this current juncture at least CBS Draft Network NFL Drafts top defensive line prospect. A couple names behind him. Miles Murphy of Clemson, as well as Brian Brisset out of Clemson. Then you get to the Pitt boys, and I think that's where uh, a lot of the discourse begins, and I think that's where a lot of people wonder if potentially some of those guys that may be undersized, including, I'm going to butcher this one too, Collegia Cansey. Close enough. You close enough? (laughs) Okay, cool. Collegia Cansey out of Pitt. A little bit undersized, 280 pounds, Matt Hayes. But he did come from the same factory as Aaron Donald. And moreover, I remember talking about it with you week one of the college football season when they faced West Virginia. That's a strong defensive front oh, yeah. out of Pitt. He's one of those he's also one of those he's not gonna play inside in the NFL. He's just not I don't think he's big enough. So I mean you have to put on twenty five, thirty pounds. I mean Aaron Aaron is a rare dude playing inside at the way the size he plays. So he's more of an edge guy, but man, he can he can get after the passer now. Mm-hmm. He can absolutely get after yeah. the passer. And I think all you're trying to do is find the guys that have enough uh, – uh, maintain speed and have enough to grow into a bigger body and, and, and handle the rigors of the guys they're facing. Yeah, he's in, Like, like Brzee is, is legitimately a guy who can play inside and pass rush. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can play inside. I don't think he's not big enough. I, I just know there are so many college guys that can play inside and pass rush that aren't 
uh, they aren't able to do that in the National Football right, League. Right, It's pie in the sky. Right. Now, wait a minute. Are we talking the one or the three? He could probably pay the, the three, three, right? Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Not the one. Right. No. Okay. No. Meanwhile, well, I mean, most of your elite pass rushes and defensive tackles are the three anyway. Right. right? I mean, he's exactly. not sad. Okay, well, not too many people <laughs> No, sad. he's right. So, we, I mean, if you're talking about an even front, yeah, he, he could play. He could easily play yeah. a tackle and be a disruptor in a pass rush. Yeah, okay. easily. Meanwhile, some of the big names on the edge – Obviously, Will Anderson, CBS's top overall prospect out of Alabama, followed by Tyree Wilson, recovering from that fractured foot. We've seen the pictures making the rounds on social media mm-hmm. of his wingspan. It is insane. And shout out to Taylor Dahl, who informed me, Tyree Wilson from the great state of Alaska. You don't, wow. see, you don't see that one every day. Uh, uh, and, go ahead, Joe. Well, I was just saying, one, one of Jimbo's plucks probably he had to pay a lot to get that uh, recruit. Oh, he's at Texas. He's coming uh, he's out of Texas a, Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Never mind. Tech. I, was Texas trying, Tech. I was trying to work a Jimbo joke Ended in there. Ended up in Lubbock because he heard yeah. Texas, and he yeah. said, yeah, let's go. Uh, <laughs> the number three edge rusher, according to CBS's big board, the surprise, Lucas Van Ness, the redshirt sophomore out of the University of Iowa, six foot five, two 275 tweener. Stick a pin in that one. We're going to circle back because in complete contrast to him, B.J. Ojulari, their fourth-rated edge rusher out of LSU, followed by Andre Carter, of Army, then Nolan Smith of Georgia, then Matt, I'm going to need your assist on this one. Felix out of K-State, his last name, Anandunke Uzama? That's a, that's actually perfect, actually. Really? Anandunke Uzama. Anandunke Uzama. And then Isaiah Foskey, Derek Hall out that's of... actually perfect. Well Isaiah done. Foskey out of Notre Dame. <laughs> thank you. And then Derek Hall out of Auburn round out their top eight edge rusher prospects. And those are some guys that Hayes Carline caught up with. You can check out on his Twitter page uh-huh. some of those interviews. All those names I just said, I rattled them all off so now we can have the discourse with regards to edge rusher, a lot of these guys, the Lucas Van Nesses of the world, Tweener, outside guy, Will Anderson, more outside linebacker than he is, let's say, a defensive end in a 4-3. And so the question becomes, if the Jaguars are to use number 24 overall or their second-round pick on one of these edge rushers, and Trent Baalke did say yesterday he's not afraid to move up or move back and collect capital, are you looking for a guy who does both? Are you looking to fortify that outside linebacker spot because you are committed to the 3-4? Where do you go? I like. Coach and I did our, our Campo and Joe podcast yesterday, and, and he's still hitting it hard as far as what he believes can happen because they are not locked into one front. Let's just realize that, okay? And less and less will they have, uh, will they not be in the nickel, okay? Because that's just the way it is, which allows for a four man front. And, and it's just a matter of Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker being able to put their hand on the ground. And those guys need to make plays. You don't need to be drafting more edge guys that aren't going to make plays. Somehow, some way, the number one overall pick and the number seven overall pick, who's in his fifth year, needs to make those plays. I still would like to see Especially if you keep done. Key, right? If you Look, re-sign Key, then what? Uh, I, I think you've you've done it now. It right, I mean, you, you, you have your edge guys. Yeah, you've done a fair you amount. Could use another, you could use another situational guy, of yeah. course. Yeah, you've done a fair amount. Because then, Smoot, we don't know what's but, going on with Smoot. But then I'll, yeah, but he's going to come back from a significant injury with the Achilles. But I would go to you and Coach, uh, and I'd say, okay, we're, we're going secondary. We're, we're going to go for a bigger guy that can handle. Uh, look, we are looking at multi – uh, you know, multiple formations where guys are having to account for four guys in the pattern. And you've got to have an inside physical nickel cornerback. I'm telling you right now, I would get Porter and stick him at nickel and just say, go get Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I get Antonio He's Johnson from Texas kid. A&M, who's yeah. 220 pounds, can run four fours. Go get Kelsey. Because yeah. at this point, if you're them, 
you are figuring out a way to stop Kelsey. Yeah. That's got to be their goal right now because they've hit the mountain pot top as far as the division. The next step is how much better can you be? Mm-hmm. You yeah. can only be so much better until you find a way to figure out how to stop Kelsey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's 220, 220 uh, for Antonio Johnson? Oh, yeah, he's a big dude. Okay, yeah. I was working on the preview for him for uh, our 1010XL social channels this morning, and I saw on all the reports they had him about 200. No, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's, he's bigger. He's thick. He's very, very thick. Yeah, and we'll see like some of these measurables uh, coming up. Uh, all right, so uh, let's play Doug Peterson sound coming up in a second. As far as what he is envisioning, with that 24th pick. Not saying he's going gospel. Trent Baalke, I love how he left every option open. Well, we could trade up. We could trade back. Or we could stay there. Uh, thanks, Trent. Uh, appreciate that intel. But let's get to all that coming up uh, as far as the Jags move at 24. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, Georgia coach Kirby Smart has issued a statement. The charges announced today are deeply concerning, especially – as we are still struggling to cope with the devastating loss of two beloved members of our community. We will continue to cooperate fully with the authorities while supporting these families and assessing what we can learn from this horrible tragedy. Additionally, Jalen Carter has just released a statement, and it looks like it was typed up with Times New Roman font. He says, This morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that Two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Hmm. Interesting. So he's blaming mm. the media for inaccurate information. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, as, as Mike Griffith suggested the in the, the 12 o'clock Yeah, hour. the statement that was prepared. Yeah, that's usually that's a, that's a normal that's kind yeah, of exercise. The process right there, he's also the not saying what was wrong. He's just yeah, saying like some do. media outlets. Yep. It could be some anyone on Twitter saying True. anything wrong. True, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you can find one uh, factoid uh, on one guy's side that's not a factoid on your side, then yeah, you can – Say there so, are inaccuracies. So this is my question: How does anybody at that university, the the president Jerry Moorhead, is a sports friendly president? He loves the sports programs. Okay, how does he see that? How does the AD see that? How does Smart see that? This starts with Trayvon Walker's incident where he hits two parked cars, mm-hmm. doesn't get charged. Then another time, leads to two deaths. Then the third time leads to your consensus All-American middle linebacker fleeing police under the interstate because he knows the police won't catch him, Mm -hmm. won't try to catch him. At what point did one of those three people involved in in decision-making with Georgia Athletics say, "Uh, Kirby, time to get control of your program? And by the way, uh, Leon asked, you know, what was the time of the one with Trayvon Walker a year ago where he hit two parked cars? There still is not. Anything that really Nothing. says when it was. Mm-hmm. Also, Stetson's arrest. You forgot yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. Just, Literally yeah. tackled by police. And yeah. then someone I saw even on the text line yesterday was trying to pass it off as, well, that was Baker Mayfield or that was right. – I, I mean, yeah. I ba- get Baker that. Did that's, get, that's Baker was a bad caught look. by a female cop. She ran him down. That's certainly – that's also a bad look. That's certainly a bad look. <laughs> no offense, women. Love women. Non-take. Yeah. Um, that's a bad look, but that's not – you've got three straight instances of – of reckless driving. I'm just saying for the national title winning quarterback to be arrested for yeah, public drunkenness, it I had to have been really bad. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just, to me, I, I just look at that, and, and if, especially if I'm the president. 
and it comes out, and he didn't know about, about Jamon Dumas Johnson. And then he puts the timelines together, like Joe and I have here, mm-hmm. and we realize mm-hmm. that hours, not a day, yeah. hours after the incident, he gets caught for doing the same thing. Yeah, one was late Jan ten. The other one was early, early, early Jan twelve. We're talking, yeah, it was, it was, it happened fast. Uh, now, just since we're talking college and we're talking prospects, we know how loaded Georgia was. <laughs> However, you know they were able to keep maybe some stuff under the rug. Let's hit a little funky fact right now because uh, this, you know, it's right in, in the combine talk. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. Look for that craft creation in the local local grocer cooler section. You can check out all the craft that they've got from Funky Buddha. So, as you can imagine, I mean, would you guys be willing to say uh, Alabama and Georgia send a lot of prospects to the yeah, combine? That's, that's, that's fair, that's to, fair say. to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would you say is number one between those two as far as this year sending prospects to the combine? Alabama or Georgia? This Al- year? Yeah. Alabama. Okay, Alabama's at the top. So, they've got – they sent 13 – 13 to the combine. Georgia sent 12, right? There are four teams tied for third, sending nine prospects. I know Florida's one of them. All right, so let's see if we can get four. Florida's one. I would say. Uh, Ohio State? Uh, no, I don't think That's Ohio a good State's one. there. Um, no? No, I think they have like seven or eight. Um, I'm going to go LSU. That's a good one. Okay, fine. I'll give you a ding now. I was just going to wait, but yeah. Okay. Was Florida um, a ding? Yeah, Florida's yeah, a ding. ding. Uh, Believe it or not, uh, Billy. Hey, Billy, you sent nine to the combine. Wow. Texas A&M? What? Those are damn players. Did he? Oh, damn. That's damn. Those are damn players. Well, damn yeah, but you're right. But they did. <laughs> but I, just, I guess I just meant Look, the- now we're praising Dan Mullen. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, TCU. TCU. Yeah, I, I always thought Dan Mullen got a bad rap by Gator fans. All right. I know that there's help being allowed so, here. Texas A&M. No. Right. TCU. Yes. Let's Whoa. do a ding for what? TCU. TCU. I didn't look it up, I swear. Yeah. yeah. Michigan? Now we got all four. Ah. Okay. Okay. So that's the four. Very LSU. Tough one. Now here's what's well, so funny. Well, all I did was I looked at my computer where I had the um, list of offensive linemen because I yeah. also want to talk a little bit about that with Leon before we head out. Right. And uh, there's like three <laughs> TCU offensive yeah. linemen, and obviously Max Duggan's there. So I was like, right. oh, let's do the so, and Quentin Johnston. That's so right. Right. yeah. So, but let me you know, like I'll probably make this a ten to take later, but let's just make this the mm-hmm. exercise right now. TCU, Michigan, Florida, and LSU each have nine prospects at the Combine. They are third among schools sending players to the Combine. Which one does not look like the other? Well, Michigan and TCU played in a college semifinal game. TCU made it to the national championship game. LSU obviously returned from the, you know, the early season loss against FSU and went you know, trucking from there. Florida's the outlier. Honestly, Florida's the well, team that did did less with more. Well, he, yeah. How many how many of those guys are seniors? Uh, I, I guess I'd have to go back and look. Oh, you okay, figure right. Brenton Cox stuck yeah, around and came yeah. back. You know, uh, Gervin Dexter. Uh, you know, he's the one who declared. But mm-hmm. you got Dean and all well, these other guys that. Well, I mean, I mean, you're going to go if you have no choice to go yeah. in the senior year. Uh, Osiris was a great player. Oh, he was. Your lineman yeah. is. Yeah. The, so he declared. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he declared, and and so yeah, but there there's some decent players that. that oh, I'm telling you right now, I've had a scout, two different scouts, tell me this: the Florida defensive players, they just weren't coached well. 
Like, the, I have one scout telling me right now he thinks trading is going to be a great player in the yeah, NFL. That's crazy. It crazy, is, right? And by but the he way, thinks he's going to be a great player. By the way, Marco Wilson's made a good living yes. in, in the National Football League. He has. But, you know. He did it, throw it, a shoe, though. Who yeah, throws but, a shoe? It, it's funny. They just kind of looked at him like, you know, that's kind of a midland guy. And, and he's made a living. And, and we'll find out what Trey Dean ultimately becomes. That's why maybe Gator fan, even though you might freak out that Austin Armstrong was their hire, Patrick Tony leaving should not disappoint a whole lot of Gator fans out there. All right, hit the uh, the, the linemen. Yeah, for, for all right, so s- some offensive <clears throat> linemen. And, again, they won't be meeting with the media until I believe it is tomorrow. I believe it's offensive linemen and defensive backs that mm-hmm. meet with the media tomorrow, if I'm correct. And if not, then it's on Friday that they do. Some names to kind of sit on a little bit, Leon. Osiris Torrance is the number one ranked interior offensive lineman all out right. of the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, the center. Steve Avila, TCU, Andrew Voorhees, USC, Joe Tipman, Wisconsin. Those are some names on the interior, which obviously, as we know, Brandon Scherf getting up there in age. And, of course, Ben Barch is coming off of a season-ending injury at left guard. Some other names. Oh, they have all the offensive linemen clumped together. Sirs, would you go? Agree with that. uh, Would you go Cyrus Torrance, twenty-fourth overall, as an interior lineman, a guard that could a plug-and-play guy? Absolutely. Okay. Plug and play, yes. I, I, Especially listen. if we're thinking about the. Uh, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, because you're, you're right. But Sheriff is getting yeah. a little up in age. We don't know what the, the situation was. Ben Barch and you know, Shatley is a is a lifeline Jaguar. Yes, but he I mean, is. eventually he has to be replaced. So a guy like that, Osiris, who's a, who's like a phenom in, interiorly, mm-hmm. you know, someone who can set the edge and push the pile. Right. Absolutely. Because their their pass pro was good, but their yeah. run game wasn't great. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I rattled off all those interior guys first mm-hmm. because you have Walker Little, you have Cam Robinson. Even if you're looking for your third guy, your swing guy, potential <coughs> successor one day to Cam right. Robinson, I mean, are you really going to spend the number 24 overall pick on, I'll give you a list of these guys, Paris Johnson, Jr., out of Ohio State, Peter Skronsky out of Northwestern, a guy that I know Matt has said he thinks two could, studs, could go studs, top 15. Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Jalen yeah. Duncan out of Maryland. And then Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. And Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. And a name that I've well, seen floated well, to the Jags a lot on day two, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. Well, I mean, most of those guys that you named are left tackles. I and mean, just me knowing left tackles that played the position, they don't want to play right. If they have to, they will, but mm-hmm. they don't want to. And if they've, they've been groomed, to play left tackle, they feel a lot more comfortable playing right tackle. That's why the whole issue with Walker Little, people saying, well, you know, just move Walker Little to left tackle. Then then you, you, you're misusing them. He, he's your left tackle. He play, mm-hmm. He's better at left tackle probably than he is at right. And most left tackles don't want to play right. Right tackles don't want to play left. Right, right. right. So, I mean, you're saying, oh, gee, we can just move him. Maybe he doesn't want to move. Maybe he's not as effective as a right, right. tackle. As he Maybe he wants left. to make the, make the more money. And, and the more money, yeah, the yeah. more money is at the left tackle protecting the blind side quarterback. And, and there's there's no mistaking, you know, the idea that you might be able to do it in college. <laughs> it's not as easy to do it in the national no, football. It's not. Absolutely not. Especially Spe- speed's different. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the studs studs that you're facing. All mm-hmm. right, we'll keep looking at those because that's at least one part of the uh, of the equation when it comes to 24 pick overall. Uh, Big Surge, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. I will. He is out at Leon Surge Jr. 1. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, on the gram as well. He's got it all going on over there. Uh, you know, the Bari breakdown's coming up, and I asked Gio a little bit about some of the guys, but there's just so much vague information. But one dude was working out for the Combine, Taurus Peck. Yep. And, I mean, that is – A guy that many people think, giving Trent Bulky's history – Yeah. 
oh, he's a hurt guy? Where's yeah. Trent Baalke? He's, he's on high alert. Yeah. He'll find him. And obviously he's a safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't think that this team isn't looking in that direction. As we say, hey, you got to prepare for Sheriff to leave. you got to prepare for uh, Rayshon Jenkins to leave. you got to prepare for these guys uh, that may be either a little too expensive or a little long in tooth. We'll do all, all that upcoming. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures with some of your thoughts. It's XL Primetime. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. Doc is the man when it comes to sports injuries. He, Dr. George Bari. BariOrthopedics.com. You can check out everything that they got going on there. Gio is here. If you've got a question when it comes to any sports, sports aches and pains that you have, you can text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. Throw Gio a question. Uh, uh, scrubbed up, looking good. Uh, you just came out of surgery. Which you, you saved lives, didn't you? <laughs> I know you did. I have clinic on Wednesdays. You have clinics. Oh. So you're, you're seeing a lot of people. A lot of people. Today yeah. is, is very busy. Now, I was, I was asking you this earlier when we were texting – uh, the doctors at the NFL Combine, they help a lot of people, but yeah. they also help each other because they go – these 300-plus invitees to the NFL Combine are basically herded through all these different meetings, and one of them is basically, you know, the kind of prodding and poking, right, so from yeah. the medical field. they'll get medical exams. You know, every team is going to spend millions on these players, mm-hmm. and they want to make sure that whatever injury they had or whatever surgery they had is, is good, is going to hold up, et cetera. Right. So these docs all talk to each other. They give each other the lowdown. Hey, he had this type of surgery. Hey, he's doing well. The repair didn't go as great as I thought. You know, what, whatever it is. But they definitely all speak to each other. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into some of those injuries. We'll start with Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech outside linebacker who suffered a fractured foot on November 13th. He had surgery, Doc, about two weeks later. From when he suffered the injury, here was the statement from Wilson and really the only clarifying statements we have as to what sort of injury it was because when he went down, they referred to it as a – right leg injury, we now know it's a foot, obviously. And so Tyree had said, I broke a bone in my foot. Despite best efforts to work through it, multiple doctors advised me to get it fixed immediately. I have to stay off my foot for the next couple of months. I will be 100% healthy and prepared for the NFL draft process. And obviously, he has lived up to that promise because he is at the NFL Combine this week. And he, as much as will not be participating on field in workouts, he did ramp up two weeks ago, and he's there for interviews and testing. Yeah, I mean, so he's 13, 14 weeks out, depending on when in November he got this done. You know, we talk about these bones take 8 to 12 weeks to heal. So at this point, you know, in theory, it should be healed, and he should be able just to get back and try to get his, you know, his rhythm back and everything else back in endurance. And by the way, I, I was right with, with Jimbo and, and the joke because – Tyree did start out at a and and then oh, transfer. there you go. And then transferred to Texas. Tech. Out of Alaska, originally from <laughs> yeah. Alaska. Isn't that crazy? So Ty, but speaking of Tyree, though, real quick, yeah. You know, he says he can come back and do his workouts. We're now in early March. The drafts in, what, April 20, what is it, 20? The 27th. Is he going to get back in time to do workouts? Uh, so, bony-wise, he should be healed, assuming everything goes as planned. With a broken bone. It should be healed, okay. right? The question is going to be, will his endurance and speed and explosiveness be there? And that's something that he ha- will have to work on to get that so back. So, how long will it take to heal? The actual healing. Well, the bone, 8 to 12 weeks. So when he's past that point, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a broken bone, 8 to 12 weeks is usually what it takes to heal. All right. And so then you start to put stress on your body, put stress on that joint in that area. I mean, if you, think you have, if you haven't ran in 12 weeks, right, 
then you're not going to come back and run like you used to. Right. It's yeah. going to take Clearly, time right. to, yeah. to That's why he'll, get that back. Yeah, he'll do all the, the interviews, but he's not going to do any of that other stuff. I wouldn't and, think and so, no. Maybe not even time for the pro day. I guess we'll have to find out. But another example of this is, is J.L. Skinner, Boise State Safety, projected as a day two pick, Doc. Uh, he was expected to go come to the combine and, and basically try and shine, see if he could up his stock. He is working out for the combine this past Friday, tears his pectoral muscle. That, that, that's hellish right there. Yeah, that's not good. And, and the peg is a big muscle. You know, when people tear it, you, you see a big deformity. It's very mm-hmm. obvious. They get mm-hmm. a lot of bruising. They have a massive chest deformity compared to the other side. The surgeries aren't that fun to do. Um, but the minimum, I mean, to come back is minimum six months. Right. And it's usually six to eight months is the timeline to, to be able to come that's back. It's a and long play. time. It is a long time. And so a guy right now who's preparing for the combine tears his peck, he is in danger of not being available for the start of the season or right. around the start of the season. I mean, if you look at if it takes you eight months, right, which is usually six to eight months, if you're at the, the tail end of that, yeah, and if you're a, a quick ACL nine months, that's almost as long as an ACL, right, wow. for a peck. Yeah. It's, it's pretty close. And, and I, you know, I, I can't help but think of these guys. They are preparing for the combine. That's why he was doing what he was doing is to maybe get ready for the bench press, maybe, you know, whatever the case is. And that's a, it's just a terrible thing for some of these guys uh, when they have to deal with that. The, uh, a couple of other ones, and this is in the National Football League world, but it's not combine-related. Byron Jones. This one was wild. Yeah, Byron Jones basically comes out, and it's a guy that has played in the National Football League for a long time, but basically says, uh, hey, any of you other guys thinking about playing in the National Football League for a long time, I would recommend that you don't, uh, and, and drops the bombshell uh, that he's a guy that has – that has gone through enough injuries that he wonders whether he ever should have done it. He said, much has changed in eight years. Today, I can't run or jump because of my injuries sustained playing this game. Do not take the pills they gave you. Do not take the injections they give you. If you absolutely must, consult an outside doctor to learn the long-term implications. He's warning against his, his sport. Yeah. That's that's a lot of stuff, and and it's you know that's it's interesting to don't take the pills or injections and go see another doctor, right? He's also talking about the medical staff. I will tell you, I'm sure none of the doctors, you know, every doctor wants to do his best for their patient. Mm-hmm. Um, especially you, you went to that conference and not one doctor mentioned, well, see what the team wants to do. It's it's always what is best for the player, right? But you know, you can always get a second opinion. I think it's. Very fair and reasonable if you want to get one, no matter whether you're an athlete or not an athlete. Uh, you know, the question was always, is the team doctor biased? I don't think any doctor goes in there and says, I'm going to do what's best for the team. But we're all human beings. We all have some sort of subconscious bias, no matter what it is in life, right? Is it possible, like, if I was a Jags doc, I'm a huge Jags fan, maybe i get someone in earlier because we might need to win. Who knows, right? So <clears throat> those things may happen, and, and they're not purposeful if they do happen. But I will tell you, I'm sure all these docs in the NFL try to do what's best, what they think is best for the players to get them back to the play. You have to remember, I'm sure when he got injured, he was telling the doc, get me back in. Right. I'm sure he didn't say, keep me out as long as possible. Russ said, get me back in as, as quick as you can. And so those things, now your Monday morning quarterback, it, it's easy to say, don't take this, don't do that. But when the, play, <clears throat> excuse me, when the player's pushing you um, himself to, to go back and play, and they say, I feel fine, maybe they don't. Things change a little bit. Plus, to your point, you say this all the time. 
All injuries are different for each player. They can be the same injury, the ACL. Each person has a different injury, and they all heal differently. Absolutely. So there's a lot of variables there that you're there dealing with. Huge variables. The, the, the thing I hate the most is when, and I don't blame the patients. They don't know. They come in and they say, well, my neighbor had a shoulder surgery. I'm like, well, do you know if it's the same sh- shoulder injury that you had and the same surgery? And what's the, so very, very different things. So this one's off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure, 0492, who is a huge Niners fan. And so he's keeping tabs on Brock Purdy's UCL surgery, says that the surgery had to be pushed back due to swelling. They said they wouldn't push back his timetable, though. How can that be? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> if his surgery is pushed back, I don't know why his timetable would not be pushed back with it. I that's I don't know that answer. You know, they pushed it back at the time when we spoke. They said swelling, and I mentioned right. probably range of motion. It came back, I think, a couple of days later. That was the issue. It was his range of motion. We do what we call prehab, so pre-rehab. We do that for ACLs because you need to have full range of motion before the surgery to have a good result. Looks like that's what they're doing with him. I don't know why they wouldn't push, you know, if, if the surgery's delayed two, three weeks, logically him coming back would be delayed two, three weeks. Of the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, I'm the head coach at fa- or of fast pitch at Terry Parker. My pitcher tore her ACL last year while pitching, but good to go now. What uh, is the chance of re-injury there? Yeah, so that's a good question. I mean, that's the ACL literature. You have about a 15% chance um, of re-rupture at some point, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's that leg or the opposite leg. A lot of studies have proven if you tear one, you have a high chance of tearing the other. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. But once you tear your ACL one time, the odds of you tearing it again or tearing the opposite leg go up compared to someone who's never torn it. Right. Yeah. And just the way of the world, that's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Does it differ sport to sport? Because that's a, I would think as a pitcher, that's pretty stressful on the knee, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the well, person it's the, that Yeah, so it's the valgus force. I, I don't, I mean, there are some, obviously running and cutting sports will have an increased risk. Right. You know, uh, baseball, there's, I mean, you are, if you're running, you are doing some cutting, but it's not as much as football. Football, you're cutting every single play. So I would say football or soccer, maybe a little more basketball. But it, definitely anything that has a cutting component to it yeah, increases th- the risk. There's a, I mean, if you think about a, a fast pitch soft, there's a lot of movement, both knees. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and, and, a lot of, and a lot of where you're, you're pressing off and you're landing hard. So females also have increased risk compared yeah. to males. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that yeah. in and of itself is is not a good thing for female fastball pitcher. Which brings me to Joe's Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm going to hand dock the laptop. Gavin Lux. And this is JJ pointed this out. Running yeah. to third base. I mean, this is as non-contact as they come, Doc. I mean, it, they've said it's multiple torn ligaments. Looking at it right now. As soon as as soon as Matt told JJ Roma lost, JJ said Gavin Lux just ruined his <laughs> his twenty twenty three. Uh so you see that, Doc. Yeah. yeah. He was just nothing. I mean nothing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and there's no explanation for it other than it A, it's just your body. Yeah. Okay. And and it gives out when you when you least expect it. That's that's why they call it an accident, you know, but that that I mean that's like the what's his name Ball from the NBA. He just yeah Lamelo Ball. I yeah. showed you the video. He's dribbling that. and his ankle just snapped. Yeah, think these things happen. Unfortunately, I have a, a guy who a friend of mine who played for the Armada back in the day, and he went and was jogging to warm up to play soccer, and his ACL, you know tore his ACL. Yeah, it's unreal. All right, here's another one, real quick, Doc. I tore my meniscus 
playing flag at the beach. I was told if not frayed, it can be stitches, but if frayed, they just snip it. How would snipping the tendon fix the instability and pain? Yeah. So the meniscus is is, a, is not a tendon. It's a, it's a cartilage, just a piece of cartilage. Mm-hmm. But the, the theory, right, is you have a meniscus tear, and if it's unstable, it's flapping back and forth in your joint, yeah. almost like a pebble in your shoe. Anytime you walk, that pebble gets in the way. Sometimes it hurts you. Sometimes it doesn't hurt you. Same thing with it with a meniscus if it's a flap tear. So that's what that means. Um, if it's doing that, it can cause instability. It can cause pain. It can cause catching and locking and swelling. So we go in there. Remember, only 30% of the meniscus has a blood supply. So if this tear is in that 70% part, you could put 1,000 stitches in it. It's not going to heal. Gotcha. You have to remove it in order to stop the mechanical symptoms that, that you're having. All right, good stuff, Doc. Listen, if you need any help, there's the man, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. You can check out bariorthopedics.com, locations all over the city, uh, and he can make sure that he takes care of you. If we missed your question, and we got a few of them, we'll make sure we hit it on Breaking Bones Sunday morning at 7.30. Uh, just hit us up there if we missed it, uh, or we'll get back to it next week. Gio, where can they find you on Instagram? Bari And the podcast? Apple, Google, and Spotify. You're the man. We'll see you, Gio. He is out the door. Is he going to come with us to the players next week? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at well, him. Well, I just got the invite, yeah. but I already have tickets to see Mickey Mouse. Oh. oh. oh we okay. know who wins there. I thought, <laughs> we're all man's man I, here, right? Thank I thought, you, Hack. I like you invite me last second, just, you know, I thanks. thought that uh, you were getting us a chalet, is what I thought. I, I'm not positive. Look, she's wearing the Ed Waters colors for I you. Oh, I like it, the Edward Waters shirt. Yeah, that's yeah. where we had a career fair yesterday, yeah. so I appreciate rocking the EWU. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so if we missed him, we will get to him. Uh, we head into the 2 o'clock hour, back to the combine talk as far as what's going on up there, back to the latest with Jalen Carter, which certainly sounded pretty dang serious. And then we also want to hit that golf news that you yeah. teased earlier yes, in the program, yes. Joe C. The potential for no cuts on the PGA Tour. Say uh, what? Changes, they are a-coming. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Two o'clock hours here. We are cranking it out. XL Primetime. Thanks for hanging out with us. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Maddie Hayes. Check out his stuff on SaturdayDownSouth.com because there's plenty in the college football world. We've been talking about all the SEC stars that have been invited to the NFL Combine. But the big story, especially in the Southeastern Conference, is Jalen Carter, the guy who's thought to be the number one overall pick facing a warrant uh, for his part in what was a very ugly, uh, ugly, ugly and sad ending uh, to two individuals after a race uh, late night, what was it, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, late night after a national championship celebration, party, go to the strip club, leave that, go out, and all of a sudden a couple cars are going uh, over 100 miles an hour uh, at impact. At least that's according to the research from the Athens County Police Department. So, Maddie, just to you know, update fans that might just be tuning in now as far as what we're, we're looking at, Jalen Carter has come out and issued a statement as well. But uh, an arrest warrant has been issued for Jalen Carter. Yes, it's been issued for uh, reckless driving and racing. Um, again, we, we have no idea where this will lead. It's been brought to the Solicitor General's office. There will be more investigations. I'm sure they're going to investigate. Everything. Um, who he called once he left the scene of the crime because he left and came back two hours later. When he came back two hours later, he initially said he heard the accident from a nearby apartment complex and came by. Then once the investigators started talking to him more, he finally admitted that he was following them initially. 
then ra- then driving near them, then driving side by side with them. So there's a lot that's going on right now. It's very fluid. Um, my guess is once we get deep into the investigation, and once the solicitor's, solicitor general's office gets deep in the investigation, we're start we're going to start to know more about it. Um, it's just a disturbing trend because that accident happened January 15, five days earlier. Jamon Dumas Johnson, who's the All American middle linebacker at Georgia, was in a near identical situation racing a car down College Station Road in Athens, and both cars eluded the cops. Mm-hmm. They got to the interstate. Once they got to the interstate, the cops did not follow them anymore because I know it's a Florida law, and I'm guessing it's probably a Georgia law too. They just stopped following. They stopped chasing after that because there's too much that could happen potentially on the interstate mm-hmm. once you start to chase somebody. If you have their license plate, which they did, you'll eventually figure it out. Right. Um, so then and he was seven days ago, there was an arrest warrant out for him for those two very things. Reckless driving and racing. And then, of course, we talked about the Tra- Trayvon Walker last April when he hit two parked cars yeah. while driving. So those are three legit superstar players that are doing the same thing and have the same problems. One of them results, resulting, the third of the three, resulting in death. Yeah, so the first one doesn't get, there's no, no citation, nothing. The second one, 30-something days later, finally gets an arrest warrant. The third one, you know, the night of it happening results in two tragic deaths. It's just, uh, it, it's, I mean, it, and Leon spoke to this earlier, and we've been talking about it. Kirby's got to do something. He's got to, he either has to, like, tell, you know, just publicly say, I'm dismissing Dumas Johnson, and anyone from here on out on this team that races a car, gets caught racing a car, you're dismissed too. So He's got to do something, because it's death now. The third one, one, two, three, the third one results in death. Yeah, Athens. Clark County Police, the investigation found that Chandler LaCroix, driver of the 21 Ford Expedition, and Jalen Carter, driver of the 21 Jeep Trackhawk, uh, were operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area at 2.30 in the morning. Evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center uh, turn lane, drove in opposite lanes, on and on. They go with that, but then at the end, um, the toxicology report indicated that LaCroix's Blood alcohol concentration was 0.197. Double the, the legal limit, crash. Georgia. That's uh, that's terror. That's scary. And honestly, we don't know what Jalen Carter's was because two hours later he showed back up. Right, right, right. And that's where Matt's point, in case you missed it earlier, of did Jalen Carter call someone and did they say you've been drinking, you need to go away and sober up for a little bit? Right. Here's here's another, here's the thing that really disturbs me more than anything. It's really, 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 and we've been talking a lot, especially with the Alabama stuff, with the Alabama kid last yeah. week, the basketball player, um, Miller. We've been talking a lot about the legal issues as far as the moral issues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the balance between the two. This is what really bothers me about this. So you cannot tell me that the athens Clark County Police Department, when that accident happened, did not call either Kirby Smart or the athletic director at Georgia and say, hey, um, the accident that one of your players just died in, your star player is part of the investigation. Yeah. Okay? You know they did. Mm. You know they did, okay? Yeah. And eventually that will come out that they did. Now, I will also say this. This is what's really disturbing. That Georgia then, after the deaths, they went on and mourned these uh, uh, LaCroix and, and Willick, mm-hmm. the, the, the player and the staff member. And nothing was ever brought up about Jalen Carter. 
while they're mourning the other two. They essentially protected Jalen Carter until, until this warrant comes out for his arrest now. Mm-hmm. And to me, his point, me was saying, well, why now? Why, why today? I don't know why now, why today? But it makes it look really bad that for the last 46 days, somebody has been protecting Jalen Carter. And, and that's the part that uh, you can go back to who's in charge, who needs to be a leader, and who needs to make people accountable. And that's when you go to the head coach, you go to the athletics director, you go to the, beyond that if you have to. And now, again, you're going to be putting not just the other Georgia players in an uncomfortable situation and a compromised situation at the rest of the NFL Combine yeah. because while Nolan Smith spoke this morning – Stetson Bennett's got to get on the podium on Friday. Yeah, there. Are, so there are eleven. Kenny McIntosh's got to get on the podium after him. Yeah, pull up the uh, the, the statement from Jalen Carter. So there are eleven others that are there. Jalen has now at least put a statement out and is now traveling back. To yes. Athens. Yep. So in part in that statement, uh, Jalen Carter said, and I want to make sure I get this mm-hmm. right. Let me pull it. There we go. Um, He said that, quote, numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15th, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot out there. That's for sure. Uh, so let's talk NFL Combine with your Jaguars. Let's get into that a little bit more. Some of the stuff that is coming out just from the testing and whatnot uh, with players on the field, you know, these next couple of days, the Francis shows up there. They're going to hear from a number of them. Uh, but throw Doug Peterson at us right now, JJ. Uh, this cut courtesy of Jaguars.com because he addressed uh, the, the, the throng of the media that was there yesterday and then sat down with, with Frank after that. You can find that interview as well. Uh, in our on-demand section at 1010XL.com. But but here's what Doug had to say about that number 24 pick overall. Listen, the, the draft is a funny thing, and, you know, we're fortunate to be down. I think we're at 24 um, this year. And um, you just you just play the waiting game. Obviously, you know, if there's somebody, a player ahead of ahead of us that, that you may want to grab, you, you, you try to, you know, try to make a move to grab that player. But a lot of times when you're, you know, in the bottom – you know, third of the of the draft, you just you just wait and, and sit, and uh, maybe there's teams that want to come up, and maybe you can gain more capital, right? Draft capital as you as you, uh, as you sit there at 24. So, a lot of options there, um, and hopefully the player that uh, you know we target is sitting at 24. We take him. Simple. You're looking at value now. I love when Doug says, ah, "I think we're at 24." I'm not really sure. <laughs> you know, that's I'm the head coach, he's the GM. I'll let him do that, but no, they're 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 working together on the best available and who they like and what what is the most attractive piece to add to the arsenal right now, which is a growing arsenal of talent on this football team. They're not devoid of talent like they've been last several years. That's right, and that's where, you know, coach Campo's point yesterday and then we had him joining us on Helmets and Heels last night in case you missed that was, you know, interesting that he he is still very much in the camp of the defense has more holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At 24, if you can be fortifying that defense, whether that is at corner, which was his preferred pick, or at edge rusher, you do that. And all of that is also done in the name of making a definitive statement of, yes, you can be a mixed front defense, but are you going to shift to a 4-3 that will allow your former number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, to thrive? Doug Peterson said yesterday that he expects – 
Trayvon Walker to play both at the outside linebacker position mm-hmm. and to have a hand in the dirt. We obviously saw it pay dividends when he did have the hand in the dirt, his more natural position the last seven weeks of the regular season. And so it'll be curious to see if they truly draw a line in the sand and say, this is what our defense is going to look like. We are going to change based on the personnel. I love when Coach threw out the, the, the idea, this is just his suggestion, his thought, that Trayvon could be suited to be an inside player and a guy that can wreak havoc, and he, he didn't compare the body to Aaron Donald, but he feels like he can grow into a bigger man. That no, can, he didn't He didn't compare the play to Aaron Donald, yeah. but feels like he could grow yeah, into yeah, you're a, right, you're right. an it's Aaron a Donald way to type. Yeah. yeah, so a body type that can add weight. Yeah. He's taller than Aaron Much Donald, taller. Yeah, yeah. but he, can, he could carry more weight and, and still be strong and quick and be able to maneuver uh, around guards. And, yeah, he's in no way saying this guy could be Aaron Donald right now, but to but, his point, he's got that frame and that athletic ability and the strength. But I'm curious, like, coaches and general manager need to have that discussion before they know truly where they are going to go in the draft. They probably already have. Yeah. They probably have. And they probably have an idea of what they want to do going forward. But they, if they're going to commit to that, they got to commit to that. They yeah. can't sit there and keep experimenting. Oh, well, right. Trayvon's going to learn how to do this. And well, they experimented do with uh, well, Darius Williams for how many weeks yeah, at, co- yeah. at, well, at nickel that, corner? You, you, have, you have edge guys on your roster right now. You've got DNs on your roster right yeah. now. So if, if, right, if you're going to do it, do it. Do it. Commit to it and take another end. Yeah, exactly. Tell, tell, the, tell the guy to keep adding weight, hit that training table, and stay fast and stay strong. You know? I just had a random thought. And I don't know how this just popped into my head looking at the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. But, JJ, can you cue the X-Files music here? Um, Conspiracy music? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, 4853 was just simply asking that the guy that asked the question said they picked 25th. The Jaguars are picking 25th, and Doug Berry tactfully corrected him and said 24th. But you know what else was asked yesterday? Wasn't Trent Falke asked about would you draft a player with a DUI, and that was allegedly done with the thought of Stetson Bennett. Was thrown in there really fast. And look, obviously at this boy, point look, in time, there's look, the NFL gets everything. There's no way Jalen Carter could be charged with a DUI because it's it been. Was, I, I don't think it was a DUI. I think it was like public drunkenness or mm-hmm. public intoxication or something. I, I guess my whole thing is. I'm just. I'm you, just you asked saying, how like, it came I'm, out. I'm thinking about like my wheels are turning right now. About that was asked yesterday, and we're like, who, why would you ask Trent Bulky that? Has someone seen the script? Where is Arian Foster? Did he ask the question? Uh, it's. I can tell you this. It's. It came out because the NFL got it out. That's why mm-hmm. it came out. That's why it came out. That's. I mean, if it hasn't come out for forty six days, yeah, but think and of, it just randomly comes okay. out on the day that he's going to interview in the NFL. But but think of your timeline with Dumas. Also, these events were five days apart, and they just barely, you know, finished with with. Well, that that's, well, that's because George is like, they're hiding it. Well, I don't doubt that. They're protecting I, these He's guys. saying the cops. It took the cops a the month cops. to charge yeah. this guy. That's yeah. probably why it took just as long to charge the other guy. Yeah, because I, I just... These investigations don't take a week. Yeah. Have they have seen... plenty of time. They know they can right, go but get they, this but guy they also know that they also know they're investigating. He's part of the Listen, investigation. Listen, Athens cops aren't charging somebody because yeah. someone from the NFL made a phone yeah. call. Have no, no, no. No, no. I'm saying... That's not what I'm saying at no, all. That they knew about I'm it. I'm saying the news came out because the NFL finds these things. That's what they do. It's their job. Yeah. You're talking about multi million I'm just saying the guy yesterday that asked franchises. that question, he didn't ask about a DUI. No, he no, asked, I agree. He with asked that. about the specific charge that Stetson Bennett had. Right, right. I'm, I, all I'm saying is we asked earlier in the program, why now? I think it's now because I think it 
Some, somewhere in the NFL, it got out. Oh, I don't think that there was uh, uh, any question that there was enough good reporting being done somewhere where it was time for this news to come out. And and they were someone was they were going to issue the McShay warrant. McShay said it how long ago? A month ago? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That they were going to issue a warrant, and they did it on their own time. You know, donuts, coffee, donuts, coffee. All right, now let's now let's do the arrest warrant. Well, yeah. Like state troopers driving yeah. around that are really upset. You say, right? <laughs> I mean, that, you know how that goes. Joe but, Coward said but, that, not listen, I, Hayes. I do not need anybody trailing me on on. I I, I go home. Um, Speaking of speeding, I go home ninety five most days. By the way, uh, just looking up at the television and for time for something completely different uh, at, here at 1010XL World Headquarters, a near fight in the women's SEC opening round between Florida and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Tatiana Love Weiss that. got elbowed with the basketball. She then I took the, kick their ass. Literally, she then took the basketball and tried to chuck it at a Kentucky player. And so Wildcat uh, on Gator crime. Yeah, right so there. the program <laughs> the program and versus the other program. Yeah. Uh yeah, we'll keep you posted on that one. They're looking at the video review right now, trying to determine if a technical foul or ejection. Who won the scrum? I don't know, but the program's up on Florida again. Yeah. Just I just mean the fight. Yeah, that uh, is, that they, is I think they pu- they pulled her off there. the court. Okay. I know, not, that's women's hoops. Yeah, I'm yes. still in hoops in general. There's supposed to be but uh you know what they did with this right here the previous play is under further review right, right, wasting right. time waste of our it's, time it's xl prime time thanks to the golf club of southampton they will not waste your time they'll give you a great golf experience you can always count on a great group of people and then you head out there and you see the golf course they really work hard on making sure that you got the experience good game huge practice area and you can go out there plan an event you can go out there play a foursome go out there and work on your game whatever it might be two eight seven play it's the home of the nine after five and we're just a couple of weeks away from teeing it back up again this is xl prime time protected by preferred roofing on 1010 xl i don't know joe i think our point about the play is under review Taking too much darn time is accurate because that official review in the women's basketball game between Florida and Kentucky is still underway. They're still reviewing it? They are still reviewing it. A full commercial break on our program later. And by the way, they're they're casting some stares. This is Jerry Springer. This is really close to that right now because they are looking at – they're staring each other down. Uh, And three officials and a rewind button – that you had back in, I don't know, the 80s. They're going to throw back to Alyssa Lang at the desk soon. Yeah, This is not this a point. women's college basketball issue. This is a every, like Joe said, every. after the Super Bowl, Ugh. every single sport <laughs> has this <laughs> issue and how long it takes replay, man. Just the other night. That's why baseball doesn't have it, or at least they trying to do, avoid I know, but, but baseball not Baseball actually to this has extent. the fastest one. Now. Right, exactly. But it still sucks. To this extent that we see in football and basketball. A little uh, bit hockey. Okay, here we go. So okay. now we're seeing the review, as you see. Uh, yeah, Tatiana oh, yeah. Uh, Weish. Yeah, yeah, she, she, she chucked the basketball. She right it did she... miss the Kentucky player. That would have been bad. If she got oh, right. no, and here goes. And now she goes yeah. after him. She does take a little. Oh, there's two swings. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think she's Any getting... connections? Not no. really. No, the, the only connection was when, which they haven't even showed that replay, when the Kentucky player had the basketball in her grasp and she ripped it into Weish, and then the basketball made contact with Those her Those are some serious <laughs> lashes. Do you see that? Yeah, I know. My grandma and I actually had a discussion about this when they were visiting this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a couple girls growing up playing soccer in the great state of New Jersey mm-hmm. that, you know, we're in like, we're 10 years old, Joe. Yeah. And these girls are, you know, wearing massive amounts of mascara. I didn't even know what mascara was when yeah. I was 10 years old. Yeah. And I remember saying to my, to my poppy, I was like, do you think 
it's like waterproof because like she wears this makeup and yeah so my grandma this weekend was reliving the fact that uh yeah, fake eyelashes. They've they, everyone's progressed to that now, and it's yeah. definitely a thing. And it looks like even the Kentucky coaching staff left the bench, and I'm sure that's what they're also looking at. Oh yeah, they're pulling people off left and right. All right, real quick, we got to mention the tour. What they're talking about doing, yep. and like we said, changes are coming. Uh, and look, when someone comes in, threatens your space, you got to be real. You got to look around. You got to go, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? I believe what the tour does is they assemble the games best. They do it globally so you can have the best competing. But they're saying, at least the report right now, is that in 2024 that you could have a situation where you will have elevated tournaments, which they've already put together, increased purse money, but that elevated tournaments will cuts will be eliminated beginning in 2024, the fields at those tournaments. As an example, you had it at Riviera. You had it at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Now, you'll have it this week at Bay Hill Club and Lodge. But if you got big money events, the fields at these elevated tournaments will be reduced and the cuts will be eliminated. I, hey, I got no problem with that. Bring the more cash to the players, reduce the field so it's not a smaller check and someone's not grinding. I still believe at the very core of the tournament, you got to play four days of golf and you got to make a cut to move on. And they're going to come up with these different packages, and this is going to replace the World Golf Championships is what it's going to do. Right, exactly. And so Todd Lewis just went on the Golf Channel, and he apparently explained that potentially only five to six events in 2024 will truly be no cut. Those events include the ones that already have no cuts, playoff events, plus the Century, TOC. And so it looks like it's still progressing exactly how many of those events would potentially not be cut. It's not like all of a sudden we're going to go to no cut, like no cuts at all. We're right. not going to go cold turkey right. like that. At least that's not what it seems. Rory McIlroy was then asked about it, and he said that the no cut piece of the new designated events is still to be determined. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it doesn't look like the uh, the players know a whole lot about well, it. Well, yeah, the policy board and everybody they're trying to be included, but they're not going to give it, uh, you know uh, everything away right now, and they want to just keep it under wraps as long as they possibly can. Meanwhile, the live has told their players, hey, all those expenses we picked up for you last year, uh, that's on you now. It's XL prime time. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. An update from the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, where play has still not resumed. However, Florida forward Tatiana Weishish, Weish, excuse me, mm-hmm. has been ejected Well, we were going to do a, a that just happened for it, but it took like an hour for that to happen. So it, 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 it took a we while. We didn't want to wait. We didn't want to wait. It, <laughs> they it, have not played a play yet. No. They have not played a play in about 15 minutes. Correct. Whew. So, yeah, I don't know how many people they had in the uh, barn. They got more uh, games to play later this afternoon. That's my thing. I'm like, at this point in time, you're holding up the rest of the tournament. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's not pretty right now. All right, now I got to ask this question of Matt Hayes because, you know, we've been talking a lot about the combine. Everything's been going on with Jalen Carter. But there's just uh, another little storyline, rumor mill, however you want to describe it, that's out there. Uh, I told you guys that I had heard, you know, the the whispers of, Miami being in that discussion with Washington uh, when it came to the Big right. Ten trying to fill out right. their their numbers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt, with the grant of rights for the ACC, totally get exactly what you're saying. So here's another one that's been thrown out. And, and, Why? And I'm not, I'm not hearing this. I'm just off of – this is off of social media. Well, who, well who's throwing it out? Um, let's see here. Um, is it M- like a- Kane Master or something like that? Yeah. M- MH Ver three. I don't. I don't know who that is. Um, so, so it just could be anybody. 
Yeah, but this is off a conversation that some of the, the bigger boys like Josh Pate and some of these guys have talked about. FSU and Clemson are demanding a bare minimum of $20 million per year from the ACC total payouts, TV, NCAA, ACC Network, CFP, or they're going to jointly start seeking a way to exit the conference and break the grant of rights. They're both confident it can be broken for much less than what is written. And so this goes on the heels of, you know, one or two, you know, circles that I believe in that, you know, circles of information. And then Josh Pate put some of that stuff out as well, that he feels like the, the point he made, not necessarily what this guy is saying, but the point he made is that the ACC network is not working and the amount of money that they expected to get is not as big. And now FSU as a top 10 team, as a, uh, whatever preseason top 10 and a 10 win team they're coming in with their chest poked out a little bit more now Clemson has obviously been the banner holder for the ACC that there's chatter that they want more than the rest of their league members or they're going to start to cause problems and see if they can't fracture the Atlantic Coast Conference this is one to follow I believe so let me just say this about the grand rights if it could have been broken Texas and OU would have found a way to break it mm-hmm. and get the SEC early. Okay? It, it, the thing's ironclad. Yeah. Now, they can get out. I wrote about this today on Saturday Road. So they mm-hmm. can get out if they want. It's going to cost them more than a billion dollars. Yeah. And, and I, I because think. Because they're, again, and this is what people don't understand. It's, it's not just that their rights, the ACC holds their rights, it's any money they earn in media rights revenue. They can leave, they can leave the ACC tomorrow. It doesn't matter. We're gone. Bye. Yeah. And we're going to go join the Big Ten, okay? Every dollar they earn in the Big goes Ten to the goes to the ACC. Yeah. And, and I just, I think, and this is where I really, really want to know, because I do think a another big swing is coming from one party in, in our college football world that we're very familiar with. Is that as big as that sounds, as impossible to overturn or, or, or overcome, I think ESPN could be a player in this and say, if you don't give us, if you don't work with them, and give them and us what we want, then we're going to figure out a way to dissolve the ACC network, which would cripple your ability to have all these dollars coming in. We're going to affect you if you don't look at this more reasonably and say. But why would they do? Why would the why would ESPN create its own network? Well, because they they want that big big vision that we're all talking about the super d1 i don't know that they do because then they have to share it with fox and, and nbc and cbs well, I, you know I, I guess when we go down that road it, it does get very technical and kind of like uh you know inside baseball but the acc network is not delivering on the dollars wait it's that not these schools expect it's not delivering what the sec network delivers yeah. that's what or they the want it's still delivering dollars for them or the big 10 right or the big 10 network yeah. still delivering dollars and, and now the it's just not at that level the problem is their content isn't what the SEC and Big Ten content is. That's the problem. I know that. I, and, that and that also is part of this argument. Is the ACC worthy of being a member of the Power Five? And do we need to figure out how to power play them out of this bad boy and create well, a, the, the big behemoth that we're all talking about? Here's another thing is, I mean, for FSU to move, there's got to be a conference that wants them. Yeah. For Miami to move, for Clemson to yes, move, there's got to yes, be a conference course, that wants them. Of course, And what would happen is if these two big giants became – And if it's not the Big Ten or the or the SEC, 
there's no reason to move. No, that because they're making more in the ACC than they will in the that Big Twelve. I'm just saying right now, the first shooter drop, and I do believe this, the first shooter drop is that they're going to say we are uh, a five star in a in a in a three star world in the ACC, and we want to be paid as such. I know, and you know what? You know what the other twelve ACC teams are going to say? You. Suck it. That's yeah, well, say. it's it, they're going to say we made the deal. We're all getting even deals. Same thing happened with Texas and Oklahoma when they looked around and said. We're the stars right, of this party, right? But their grant, their grant and rights, yeah, their media rights, their grant of media media rights ends twenty twenty five. Oh was no, only I, three I, years I, away. Listen, I, this is right. thirteen years down the road, right. man. Yeah, they and yeah, I, I I get it, and I I I'm trying to make. it By the way, John Swafford, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's a very good move on his he, part. He he said, okay, you want the network? I'll get you the network. Yeah, but you're all gonna sign and say. The ACC has our rights until right. 2036. Yeah. And I, I just, as much as I've seen change in the college sports world, not just the college football world, I don't believe anything's ironclad anymore. Well, there that. better be a judge that completely will not do what anyone in the, in the entire legal industry thinks he's going to do. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying there is now starting to be some pushing and shoving. Okay? We I, just saw I, I think they're just like having a little tantrum because they think – Well, the tantrum, yeah, they're having I a tantrum. I the think the tantrum is going to get the rest of the ACC to say, all right, we'll give up a few million – no chance. Well, keep an eye on it. I mean, I know you're. Why would Wake do that, yeah. right? Why would Wake say, "Yeah, we'll give you some of our money"? Yeah, what the hell? Because they've been making a living. Uh, you know, like we were just talking about, live uh, one guy on a team making a living off of someone else's golf ball. That's what Wake Forest has been doing. They've been making a living. Off I know, but they don't see it that ball. way. They see it as all for one, one for all. Yeah, just like the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah, you but, think? Yeah, you, you think the Big Ten? Some of the Big Ten. Like Michigan, Ohio State, you think they're happy about Indiana getting hundred million? How about Rutgers getting a hundred yeah, million? But there's less of those in their big boy world than what's is going there? on. Uh, yes, I mean, is yes, there? the answer is yes. Dude, if you really start to think about it, yeah. if you really start Have to dive deep the into the Big Ten, Ten and the SEC, yeah. you really start to dive in deep in these I mean, is there? Yeah, there are a max of three marquee teams in the ACC. Well, you gotta you gotta throw North Carolina and Duke basketball in there too, don't you? Well, yeah, but how much North does Carolina it football's bring pretty in? good? How much does it bring in? North Carolina football would would they would qualify for this, and you would make it. You'd coin flip Miami and Florida State. I don't disagree right with you. I, yeah. I, I'm just saying I'm just playing devil's advocate, right? If Virginia Tech gets a good coach, yeah. they're right back. Yeah, yeah. And hey, listen, uh, the ACC's been living them with a lot of ifs over the last uh, <laughs> decade true. and a half. Yeah, Vatek hasn't been good in 20 years. Okay, that's no, why I do. On. That's why they I refer haven't. to it. That's why I refer to it as a crap conference because that's what they they have been big ifing for a long time. They haven't been good since zero zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. say big ifing? They've been big ifing for a long time, and uh, and anyway, that something's gonna happen there. That's for sure. It's XL prime time. Hey, remember this? Get out the right bread and the mustard this time, Grandma! It is a grand salami! Back out to Allen. History pointer. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! Posey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no regard for human life! Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Ten seconds. The colors of perfection are black and gold. 31 and still not done. It began with a win over Emporia State on November 9th, and now Wichita State completes an unprecedented and historic season for the ages, undefeated in the regular season at 31-0. That's pretty good. That's back in 2014. Uh, The Shockers shocking them all with that. You know, it's a hell of a thing. 
because that was a, a serious Modelo moment for Wichita State. They were able to run the table, as you just heard the play-by-play. It hadn't been done in a long time. Uh, they were the uh, last team to finish the regular season and enter the NCAA tournament unbeaten until Kentucky did it the next year. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a thing. You finally set a record, and then, oh, little old Kentucky just comes right back and says, okay, we'll do it. And that was the same team that ousted them from the tournament. Yeah. So it's just, of course, if there was anybody who was going to do it. But, uh, by the way, your Big Ten friends, the yeah. Big Ten West Badgers, yeah. that's who got the best of Kentucky and ended that 2015 uh, run. Uh, that was Final a good four. team, too. It was a great team. Yeah, that was a good team. Decker and uh, – Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Cannot wait to see uh, what this March Madness looks like because I do think we're, we are we are loaded up for upsets this go around. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In this episode of Athletes Behaving Badly, <laughs> John Morant was accused of punching a 17-year-old boy 12 to 13 times yep. and flashing a gun at him during a pickup basketball game last summer, according to a police report. That's on top of the, the near Lovely. fight outside of, what yeah, was it, the Staples so Center? Yeah, so they were alleged John Morant's people. No, this was in Indiana, Indiana against the Pacers. They pointed a, allegedly appointed a laser-guided light from a gun at assistant coaches after a scuffle uh, after a basketball game in the NBA. So John Moran is just continuing to be a, a disgrace. And and uh, the family around him, they've almost, you know, had some altercations. So, wow. All right, we'll keep an eye on uh, on Ja. He's uh, he's dynamic on the floor. Yeah, and yeah. Now, now got some headlines somewhere else. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. I will not treat this as the double goodbye. This is uh, an opportunity to speak to the same guy twice uh, in a day. Hayes Carline joins us now after he visited with us earlier from the Combine. Uh, Hayes, uh, it's been a busy day, uh, to say the least, hasn't it, bro? It has been. It has been. I'm sorry you guys have to tolerate me once more um, <laughs> on your show. Um, but, uh, but yes, it is. It's been fun. We, it's been jam-packed. Uh, we've, we've gotten a lot of great information. And uh, it's just been fun seeing these guys. You know, we, today it was – uh, defensive linemen, linebackers. So you get a real sense of uh, frame, length. Uh, you know who really jumps off the page when it comes to that, and uh, that'll continue. We're certainly looking forward tomorrow to seeing uh, the defensive backs. Uh, so yeah, I mean between today and tomorrow, I think a good chance that uh, that we're seeing whoever pick number 24 is going to be if the Jaguars stay there. Uh, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and we're going to have an outstanding Frangie show. Uh, breaking it all down, and uh, we've got a lot of great guests. Guests, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Joey Molinaro, the sensational comedian who does all the great impressions, uh, sat down with us for a little bit. That was a lot nice. of fun. Uh, Frank takes him through a, a comedic bit that I think you guys are going to really enjoy, where he's able to show off uh, four or five of his voices, Saban, Ogeron, Brian Kelly, Chris Collinsworth. Uh, it was uh, it was a blast uh, hearing him do that. Uh, and then uh, Matt Taylor, the Colts play-by-play guy, uh, joined us uh, as well. So uh, we've got a, a lot of great stuff coming up, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Carline, important question: When the bench yes. press begins, how quickly does a Hayes Carline jump out there and push out about eighteen to twenty of them? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I'd because I, I what I what I love is a compound fracture of the elbow. Matt. That, that's that's what I love to have. So I just want to know if Hayes found any rock and roll concerts out there in Indiana yet. Yeah, not yet, not yet. Always, we always have our eye open for mm-hmm. you know for a for a good show. Um, but uh, but yeah, as of yet, uh, we we uh, we have not located one. But you know, it's been a couple of days since uh, I lost my mind at a concert, so I'm due. I need to uh, find one and, and get back out. Get back out there. All right, dude. Thanks, man. We will be listening. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, they've got it rolling from the NFL Combine uh, up there with all sorts of uh, you know chatter about, like he said. The guy that could go 24th is walking through that room, you know, either today, tomorrow, or the next day. Real quick, before we say goodbye for the day, I do want to touch on the high school basketball state championship mm-hmm. schedule. Yep. A shocker down in Lakeland this morning as Providence, number one team, Class 3A, ousted by Windermere Prep 55-43. Savage. Our hat's off to the Stallions on a great season, obviously, Shooter. at one point the number one team overall in yeah. the state of Florida, but they are now out. And FEI is set to take Anyone court. beats Jimmy Martin's bunch. I was just say, did you just okay. say cheaters? Cheaters. Windermere cheaters. You guys are mad at me about calling Bill Self a cheater. <laughs> You're calling a high school coach a cheater. Yeah, listen, that's allowed. That's allowed. They're, they're not in the listening area. Yeah. Bill Self is always listening. NFEI <laughs> hits the court at 4 o'clock today against Sagemont. And then Ponavidra hits the court tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. And Rebalt back in the final four. They face Villages Charter tomorrow at noon. Yeah, and they you – know, look, that – Finished to rebuild season outstanding. And so, yeah, rooting for, for all those that are still alive, but that's a bummer that Providence is getting knocked out. Um, all right, we're out. Uh, you got the French show from Indianapolis coming up next. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Don't forget, great opportunity to go and enjoy a game of golf there. But don't forget, Friday night, music on the patio, special menu from Chef Gary. And we're just a couple of weeks away from the 9 after 5, cranking back up on Wednesdays at the Golf Club of Southampton. We are out. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirson, J.J., you can, you're going to head to Indy next.